1: to episode 119 of 40 going on 14 i am mike i am patrick
2: i'm joel and i'm josh and some say i'm really the eighth member of Figrin dan and the modal nodes i think you out nerded
3: us yeah no no i, I know who you, that's the band from from the cantina right yep
2: band yeah. from most League cantina
3: yeah very nice <laughs> took ah. me a second <laughs> i was like i know i know that why do i know that yeah.
2: Uh, extra nerd points. Do you know the song that they're f- uh, famous for playing? The name? No, oh. I do not. Um, the- I got nothing. <laughs> that would be Mad About Me. Really?
1: Seriously? Yep, yep that's the
2: name what? of the, the famous dope. cantina.
3: Oh, yes. well, that explains why Belinda Carlisle opened for him. It was the, oh, I was thinking Mad that's- About You, Mad About Me tour. Paul Reiser
0: was in the band. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All That's,
3: right, that was better than mine.
1: Yeah. So yeah, if you haven't here. figured this out, uh, this is the Star Wars show, and we are calling. We I know we normally joke about this, but we are calling like super spoilers on this one.
2: Yeah, for the second half especially, because uh, the uh, new Star Wars film just came out. So if you have not seen it, you may want to give this episode a rest, because we're going to be spoiling the hell out of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, welcome to uh, the Star Wars show. We went and saw, well, I guess many of us watched New Hope. And then we went and saw the new one, The Force Awakens. So uh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is the second time we've done
2: a Star Wars show, but the first time we've talked about the films.
1: No, first time we talked about the merchandise.
2: Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. This is the first time we talked about the films.
1: And, and unless you count the time we did the merchandise. And the Christmas special. Oh wait, no, we didn't do that. We didn't do that.
3: <laughs> we should do an Alzheimer's show.
1: <laughs> I
2: got
3: And we're so the conversation
2: at the Kissinger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So uh but yeah, if you are looking for some other geek aligned podcast, I don't know if anybody else in the uh network is doing Star Wars shows, but um you can go to the Musings of a Geek Network, where you can find other shows as The Bearded Ones, uh, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks. Help me out here, Josh. <laughs> Mike is clearly doing uh, this from memory. Yeah, I am. And it's also daylight out, so that's a totally new thing for me. Uh,
2: uh, Yeah, if you want to check out other geek-themed podcasts, such as 365 Flicks, The Pittsburgh Nerd Pod, Who the What Now, Musings of a Geek in the History of Bad Ideas, as well as everyone's favorite sports show, The Left Field Sports Lounge, you can find them at www.musingsofageek.com.
1: Yep, and if you're on your way home from uh, seeing Star Wars this morning at... uh, Actually, in about 20 minutes, our show is going to be coming up on Geek Life Radio. Shows at noon on Saturdays. Every Saturday, you're going to get our updated show. So you can listen to us on streaming on Geek Life Radio. And you'll also find our older shows on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Shoe, and uh, Google Podcasts is coming soon. So you'll be able to find us there, too. True. Yes. That is a thing.
2: You realize that the uh, information that we're going live in 20 minutes is not very useful
1: to our listeners. Go backwards in time, you must. <laughs> <laughs> what, you mean we're not doing this live? <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyone want
2: to tell Mike this isn't live?
3: <laughs> so, I don't want to burst this bubble. Yeah.
2: Uh. Listen to the crowd. Um, uh, if you'd like to call in live, you can do that at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. The lines are open. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you blew my mind there for a second. As I was what?
1: <laughs> I was actually waiting. I looked at my phone when you said that. Um, so also, our contest. Seeing that it, because of the upcoming holidays... Time is going to be at a minimum, especially because we record on Thursday night, which is going to be Christmas and New Year's Eve for us. Uh, We're recording two shows in a row today on this Saturday, so we are putting a hiatus-ish on the contest.
2: Yeah, we're just not announcing any winners to make sure that people have time to – we don't want to give everyone who called in for this week exclusive rights to two weeks' worth of prizes. Yes. So when you hear this, you Mm. will still have time – to uh, send us an email to get a copy of either 12 Days or Thieves from Calliope
1: Games. Yes. And uh, all you got to do is send us an email to 40go14 at gmail.com with the header Calliope Games. And that's it. And you will be in the running.
2: Yeah, we're going to do this all throughout December. Uh, I think uh, we've actually got one show that you guys will hear in January where Mm -hmm. we'll still be giving a game away. But, yeah, just keep calling in throughout December.
1: And uh, also, hey, do we have any uh, listener feedback today?
2: Yeah, I got a voicemail.
1: Oh, good, good. Let's see. Here we go.
2: Morning, fuckers. <laughs> How the fuck can you mention Treat Williams and his amazing body of work if you're not going to bring up Dead Heat, where he played Detective Roger Mortis, who dies and is brought back to life, yet is decomposing? I mean I can't believe you didn't mention Dead Heat. It's got fucking Joe Piscopo in it for fuck's sake. It's great. Well, there we go.
1: Yeah. Dead I, Heat. We didn't want to tip our hand and expose that we were actually doing a Joe Piscopo and uh whatever the hell his other name is show.
2: I've never seen Dead Heat, but that uh description I, actually makes me kind of want to
0: i
1: have seen it and it's exactly what you would expect from a treat williams joe piscopo joint
0: it's it's a lot of fun and uh uh he's right it, it was it was uh it was neglected but it, it's it's a classic piece of low budgety big budgety something you'll like
1: it Josh. it should have been subtitled pay in the bills <laughs> it's fun it is I enjoyed I mean, it. it is fun we also have an email oh do you have any uh more voicemails
3: I will not be ignored.
0: Yes, we know, Charlie, but do we have any
2: voicemails? No, that's all I
1: got. Yeah, we had an email from Joe Aberino today. Uh, He suggested we do Christmas specials, and he sent us a link to the um, Bing Crosby Christmas special that has uh, David Bowie in it also.
2: (laughs) Do they still do those? Like, is there something for now? I don't know. I'm sure there is.
0: There's like the... probably have to go to Dollywood to see it. One Direction
1: Christmas special or something. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's a thing?
2: I'm just assuming
1: that it would be. You just sounded so confident about it that I believed you.
2: Yeah, you know, the One Direction, A Christmas with One Direction.
1: Oh, yeah, that's it. I just could not remember the title. One One Direction,
3: Direction, (laughs) Jerusalem. Yeah.
1: All right, so is it about that time? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. This week in... Music. Movies and TV. Alright, so this weekend is May 25th, 1977, the release of Star Wars A New Hope. Um the day that shall go down in infamy, meaning it's more famous.
3: Infamous?
1: Yeah, he's more than famous.
3: Infamous? <laughs>
1: All right, so music. Nineteen seventy-seven. The number one song in the land is "Sir Duke" by Stevie Wonder for very good reason because that is quite possibly my most favorite Stevie Wonder song.
3: That's huh. Easily my favorite. Yeah,
2: I, I'm not sure. It cracks my top five. It's a good one, but really, yeah. Wow. Now, I'm a fan of Stevie, but "Sir Duke." It's not that I dislike it. It's just not one that necessarily registers with me. Huh.
3: Hmm.
2: What would
1: what what are the other ones that would be on your list then?
2: Um, uh, probably. Ugh i have to get titles instead of like, i wish i wish would be in there isn't she lovely uh isn't she lovely would be in there um superstition oh that's a good um uh, maybe yeah <clears throat> there's one uh, one i'm thinking in particular and i'm just blanking on you the, are title. the
3: sunshine of my life
2: uh for once in my life
3: probably oh yeah, that's, oh, that's yeah. a good one too but well, he's yeah. got a, such a great catalog i mean
2: my sharia like more
1: Oh, yeah. There's there's very few Stevie Wonder songs that I could think of that I would be, like, not, would not want to hear. There's very few. He's just an amazing musician. Plus, Agreed. Yeah, plus Sir Duke is just, like, one of the happiest. Like, you put that on, like, when we were working in the, when I was at the uh, great, um, grocery store, it was one of those, like, everybody would start grooving to it whenever that one came on.
3: It just makes you want to dance.
1: It is. It is. Now that horror ripoff that uh, Will Smith did for the, uh, Men in Black uh, song that was he should be beaten down for that but wait was that Men in Black or was that uh, Wild Wild West? It was Wild Wild West. It was okay. Well, yeah. that's even more so then. All right, so Ashley Ryan Ruiz Offered Ashley.
3: That's his name
1: Hansel, uh, <laughs> singer from singer from Menudo in the '90s was born in Miami, Florida on May 28th. And uh, William Powell, one of the founding members of the OJ's, died of cancer on May twenty sixth. So wow, Menudo and the OJ's. It's a, it's a hell of sure a. I'm not sure I know who the OJ's are.
3: You know a lot of their songs. It's one of those kind of groups like uh, Love Train. Um, what was it? Uh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Um, oh damn it! I had it, but I thought of Love Train. <laughs> love Train took <laughs> over.
2: Yeah, for, Love Forever train Mine, Love
3: Train. <laughs> but um. um yeah, they've they've got a lot. oh backstabbers. That's the one I was trying to think of. Oh, oh yeah. okay, yeah, I do know
1: them. Yeah, it's one of those one of those bands that you didn't know you knew.
3: Yeah.
1: All right. So movies, the number one movie in the land on May twenty fifth in the morning was the car, but
3: <laughs> <laughs> not for long. <laughs>
1: later on, the original Star Wars: A New Hope was released on May twenty fifth and would go on to make four hundred and ninety one million dollars. Other movies that were released this week were oh the acronym of the week, which is S and T B. Well, that's Satan in the balls. It was definitely a comedy
2: about Satan and his detached testicles. And then they start a, started buddy a show, yeah. <laughs> the morning
3: was. radio show, Satan in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> his balls
2: are detached. <clears throat> oh yeah, I mean it's a buddy comedy. I think I would we, we wake up.
1: My balls are gone again. Huh? Come on, lefty, let's go.
3: His voice would have to be higher. <laughs> That's
1: as high as it gets for Satan. It's true. And <laughs> yeah. wait, 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 what so S T and the B is?
3: SNTB. Mm-hmm. Smokey and the Bandit.
1: Yes. It's uh... another one of those movies where you don't realize how in inappropriate it is. Cause I put <laughs> it on for the girls once and I was like, Oh, Smokey and the Bandit, I love this movie. This is hilarious. I did not realize how incredibly racist that movie is. <laughs>
3: And how many sex jokes there oh,
1: are. Oh, my God, yeah. I, you,
3: you sounded <coughs> taller, taller on the on radio. radio.
1: <laughs> but what was it rated? I'm going to go with PG. Probably PG. Yeah, yeah probably. Because back then, we, where'd it go? Yeah, PG, 96. We didn't, we
3: didn't have PG-13 back then.
1: <clears throat> Should there we really either. have this guy saying this stuff with kids coming to the movie? Yeah, the parents will figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: Like, don't worry about it. It's the 70s. Yeah.
1: Uh, and The White Buffalo was also released.
3: I put that one in there for Joel.
1: The white. What is that about?
3: I don't know, but it's a Charles Bronson movie.
1: Oh, uh, oh, where he's hunting a white buffalo. Wow! Come on, Joel, help me so out So It's not here.
3: just a clever title.
1: No, it's just what it is, is it? Not a clever what? The original title yeah. was Bronson Chases a Cow, but that didn't <laughs> take off as much. In, in, in Guam. Is it was
3: called The White Buffalo, and it's just about him chasing a white buffalo. That's not a very clever title.
1: No,
0: he plays Wild Bill Hickok. Wild Bill Hickok in it. What? Yeah. Jack Warden's in it, and uh, it's a J. Lee Thompson joint, the guy that did uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes.
1: Dino De Laurentiis production. Hmm. All right. I can't, I'd like to say it's on a. I mean, on a watch list, but uh, I'm going to have to go with no on that one.
0: Well, it, but and it's about a, like he's seeing this white buffalo, but I don't know that it's a real.
3: Duck. I'd rather watch a Bronson Pinchot movie than a Charles <laughs> <Fox> movie. Wow. <laughs> Is it, is it is it
1: kind of like kind of like a take off on like Moby Dick, where at the end he's like strapped to this buffalo riding across the plain? <laughs> yeah, what are if, we like, doing? Speaking of it, because <laughs> if it ends like that, how I totally want to see that. Strap
3: him to himself.
1: He's got opposable thumbs. That's why you know he's like a mutant buffalo. He's white and has opposable thumbs. <laughs> when so when he, are, he should be
3: president. Soon. Yeah, when when at the very end, perfect? it's like
1: this buffalo going rabbit goes around the hole twice and then into the hole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: when are we doing a Perfect Strangers show?
2: See, I heard you trying to get that out and I felt compelled to interrupt you again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Larry Appleton.
3: Come on. All
1: right. So, TV, May 25th, the Brady Bunch Hour airs on ABC. The Brady Bunch Hour?
3: Last Oh, the last. Variety
1: Um. show. Uh, Also, Matthew Charles Chuzri. I have whatever. Was born was born May twentieth in Manchester, New Hampshire, and went on to portray Logan on Gilmore Girls. And since two thousand and nine, he's been co-starring as Carrie Agos on The Good Wife. There you go. Also, two
3: shows I don't watch. Yes, yeah.
1: Uh, Christian Eric Christian Olsen, an American actor who was born in Eugene, Oregon, on May thirty first, and is best known for portrayals of Detective Marty Deeks. C V D S CBS television series NCIS Los Angeles, and of Austin in the film Not Another Teen Movie,
0: and he was in uh, he played uh, <laughs> Lloyd Christmas and Dumb and Dumber, and he
1: was in Hostel. What? Which character was Austin? Not Another Teen Movie. I don't know. See the. I kid? never saw it.
3: Me either. I took oh. my
1: grandma to go see it. It was another one of those what the hell
3: what are we watching
1: well you know what though the the pinnacle of bad movies to take my grandmother to is still held by my brother when he took her to see uh, Team America (laughs) what are you serious I'm serious yeah he took her to see Team America and then I was the one that had to deal with it because we lived in the same house and she's like do you know what those puppets were doing
3: (laughs) I took my dad to see Team America and he liked it so much when my mom came into town for a visit he made her go
1: oh I'm sure that went over well
3: no, it, it, they they loved it. They thought oh, it was really? terrible. Oh, mean, wow! Obviously, the puppet sex scene and the vomit scene were not yeah. well received. I but other the, than that, that puppet scat funny. scene may have been an
1: issue.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there may have been some scenes that were taken a little bit of umbrage might have been taken.
1: Yeah, babas <laughs> And uh, sports at the <laughs> twenty
3: not, not that kind of scat <laughs>
1: <joke>. <laughs> at the twenty first European Cup on May twenty fifth, Liverpool beats Borussia. Uh, fuck you, Pat. <laughs> Mochen Gladbach. Borussia Mochen Gladbach, 3-1 at Rome. There you go.
3: I think that probably was about as accurate as you could get with that. Yeah.
1: Mochen Gladbach, yeah. 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 The San Diego Padres beat the Montreal Expos 11-8 to in 21 innings on May 21st. Uh, Eric Lynn Ricky Williams, Jr. is a retired American football running back who played 11 seasons in the NFL and one season in the CFL. He was born May twenty first. He played college football at the University of Texas where he was a two time All American and won the Heisman Trophy. There we go. What I do.
2: What? Oh no, I'm just looking ahead to the next oh. one. Oh
1: <laughs> Mahala Ja <Jadorin. clears throat> Yeah, take that. A Sri Lankan cricketer is born on May twenty seventh.
2: There's no way you pronounce that correctly, but I yeah.
1: appreciate the effort. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say you go at it, man.
3: <laughs> J- Jaya Wardeen. Jaya yeah. Wardeen. I would
1: think it's Mahela Jaya Wardeen. All right. Let's go with that. Yeah. Then. What yeah, he said. Sounds- Alberto Dorio, Rio, WWE wrestler, is born on May 25th.
0: Wait. Did he say Sri Lanka right? I missed it. Sri Lanka. Yeah. He says Sri yeah,
2: Lanka. Yeah.
0: Okay, I missed that part because I was still laughing in- with my muted <laughs> mic. <laughs>
1: The problem is, I said cricketer is ass gasket, so <laughs> <clears throat> I love that phrase. So <laughs> I blew an ass gasket. <laughs> of all the things to 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 make you lose it, ass gasket does it. Really, I that's nice. I
0: wipes. <laughs> blew an ass gasket.
1: <laughs> that's the what we used to call broken. those. That's those uh those tissue papers that you put on the put on the seat when you uh in the in the in, the, in bathrooms in public bathrooms. Those are ass oh. gaskets. That was, okay. Oh. All right, so.
2: <laughs> so, Star Wars, yes. starting with the original.
3: <laughs> you couldn't find a segue from yeah. Ask Gasket to Star Wars? No. Go yes. just,
2: just going. Yeah.
0: Keep
3: I think he was in the
0: cantina, wasn't he? He was yeah. one of the guys at the cantina. Yeah, but they pronounced it
3: was <laughs> One of the bounty hunters. <laughs>
0: he was played by Bronson Pinchot. No blowouts,
3: around <laughs> around. <As-G-As-G- laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so <laughs> Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope,
3: or as we knew it as children, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Star Wars. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. So this is the introduction to the entire Star Wars universe for us. Uh. And Pat and I probably let's the first question on this one is when did you see A New Hope?
3: Um. I saw A New Hope. Believe it or not. Um. On VHS, or actually, it might have even been beta. I'm not sure, but. Um, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it before I went to go see uh, Empire Strikes back. What? Yeah. Because I, I, I was just too—I was too young, and just we hadn't gone to see it. We didn't really go to the movies a lot at that point because we didn't have a lot of money. Hmm. But by the time Empire Strikes, uh, Strikes Back, you know, we had been—we would settled in Houston and everything, and you know, we started going to do some social things and stuff. Okay. So they were going to take me to go see this movie because I'd heard all about it and I wanted to go see it. But I made them actually rent the Star Wars first so I could see it.
1: See, that's unlike Suzanne. The first Star Wars movie that Suzanne saw was Empire Strikes Back, and she's like, "I was confused with the entire thing." <laughs> She has I don't think she's seen outside of like Harry Potter just because we you know we went to go see him. I don't think she's seen any like series in the right order at all whatsoever.
3: Yeah, that that sounds like Susie.
1: <clears throat> yep. Uh but yeah, I saw it, I saw it at the theater. I several times. Um remember standing in line, remember sitting in the uh sitting in the seats it's... watching it. I mean, I remember going and uh Vividly sitting there in the theater when those when the scroll started and all the different parts during the, you know during the movie. What about you guys, Josh? What about you?
2: Uh, I ended up seeing it in the theater as well, but it was actually they replayed them in the theater before Jedi. Yep, so that
3: was the first time I uh, saw it in the theater as well.
2: Yeah, and that was the first time I'd seen any of them was when I saw Star Wars in the theater right before Jedi was released. Okay.
0: They
3: did Star Wars and Empire before Jedi, if I remember, yeah. Yeah,
2: that's when I saw the entire trilogy. Hmm.
0: Wow. See, I didn't see it when it originally came out in the theater, not this one. I started with Empire, um, but I had seen it. I just hadn't seen it in the theater. And then um, I saw it released with all the updates in the theater. That was the first time I actually saw this one in the theater.
1: Oh, with all the digital effects edited? Yeah, the Ah. updated
0: stuff. The special edition. Right. So I, I have seen it on the big screen, but with all the
1: extra stuff so i'm the only one that saw it like when it was in the theater for the first time looks that way yep,
2: well, huh. i w- would have been one.
1: Oh yeah that's true <laughs> so maybe you did you may you could have maybe they-
2: uh want to run down the cast uh, as though people like don't know oh yeah totally <laughs>
1: you're an idiot oh <laughs> mark <laughs> hamill it? as luke skywalker harrison ford as han solo Carrie fisher As Princess Leia Organa. Peter Cushing as Grand Moff Tarkin. Alec Guinness as Ben Obi-Wan Kenobi. Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Kenny Baker as R2-D2. Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca. And David Prowse as Darth Vader. But uh, the voice of Darth Vader was done by the name that just fell out of my head. James James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Jones. Which, uh, reading trivia, James Earl Jones apparently was a huge CB radio fan. And when he would do long drives, he would go on CB radio as Darth Vader, and doing the and he would do the Darth Vader voice. And but he had to stop because he was like in the interview I saw about him, he was like, people were freaking out left and right because, <laughs> like, you know truckers in the middle of the night, they're you know they're great. all hopped up on goofballs, methamphetamines, and goofballs, folks, hopped up on goofballs. <laughs> But uh, going through some trivia on this one, uh, George Lucas was so sure the film would flop that instead of attending the premiere, he went to holiday on to uh, Hawaii with his friend Steven Spielberg, where they came up with the idea for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Thank God
0: for that. Yeah, well, kind of a wash.
1: Yeah, I, I'd, <laughs> I'd say we won. All, we won in yeah. that one. <laughs> so uh, Harrison Ford didn't learn his lines for the inter- intercom conversation in the cell block, so it would sound spontaneous. And all that right. is one of
3: my favorite that, scenes in the whole movie, easily. <laughs> How's he, how are you? yeah okay, everything's fine we're fine Fine. <laughs> how are you how are you
1: the conversation was getting boring anyway uh it is the only star wars movie to be nominated for the best picture academy award and the first ever science fiction film to be nominated for best picture which i not shocking now well this is also the same year that uh close encounters came out isn't it
0: was this close encounter 77
3: I thought That's, Close yeah.
2: Encounters
0: was a little later.
3: Mm. No, I think uh. 70, the 77 sounds familiar.
0: Hold on. Close Encounters. Yeah, 77. mic's right. Huh. Yeah. Wow. But um, Which I we think... did that show. If anybody wants to listen, go check it out.
1: Yeah. And, and you know what I think it is? I think it's just the, the matter of the effects in it. Right. I mean so many of the things that they did. I mean like the effect of the even the something as simple as like we think now, like the the opening scroll, you know, like oh yeah, cool, where well, we type this in, type in the scroll, gets big here, goes down to small, make the video out of it on the computer. Like back then, they actually painted out all that on glass. And then, and then, then filmed. It, and, then, yeah, and then
3: and then it filmed it and then overlaid it, you know, yeah, over and the then,
1: background. Yeah, they just kind of rolled it past the camera. I mean so many of the effects that they did are the pra I mean, because it's all practical effects. They had no digital back then. So I mean, like the the sound of the uh, Millennium Falcon, I think, is a mix of someone's radiator in their house and a vacuum cleaner being played backwards. It's like they were- and it's
3: just you know. I mean, the thing about this this series, the, the whole trilogy was that was one of, one of its hallmarks was it was always at the forefront of special effects and. You'd, you know, I mean, it was just such a big hype to go see the next movie just to see exactly you know, what kind of crazy shit are they going to do in this movie. You know? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. But uh, going on with the trivia, Harrison Ford found the dialogue to be very difficult later, saying, you can type this shit, but you can't say it, <laughs> which is the theory that we use when we type out our show notes. <laughs> <That's>, yes. <yeah. laughs> He's our hero.
3: That, that, that's the entire premise behind the tweet. that's correct. Yep,
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, Carrie Fisher's breasts were taped down with gaffer tape as her costume didn't... Did you honestly... I don't think they actually used gaffer tape, Joel. I was joking.
0: (laughs) That's what it said. It It said said gaffer's tape? Oh, okay.
1: That's funny. That's because it doesn't leave any schmutz behind. Um, Schmutz. Schmutz. As her Her costume did not permit any lingerie to be worn underneath. She joked uh, later that, uh, as we all know, there is no underwear in space. We can (laughs) thank George Lucas for that. (laughs) (laughs) 19-year-old boobies. Uh, They don't need schmutz on them. Well... Yeah, no, no. Gaffer's tape, much let's,
3: let's not go down this well. All right, so according <laughs>
1: to an interview with George Lucas, originally Luke was a girl. Uh, Han Solo was an alien, and the Wookiees were called Jawas, and R2-D2 and C-3PO were called A2 and C-3.
2: You sucked my battleship. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Darth Vader was the first character that George Lucas created for the story. The thing
2: is, is you listen to the interviews <sighs> with Lucas, and he contradicts himself so many times, says different things. Like it's clear after a few years he's just making shit up. Oh yeah. yeah. I
3: like, mean, oh, it, no. I, I don't mean to take anything away from from the man who created something that is so important to all our lives. But he really he really did just get crazy lucky, honestly. Because he is unlike like a Spielberg who has, you know, a vision, Lucas just was trying to make a great cowboy movie in space. Yeah. yeah. I sure. Mean, he it's he, he wasn't trying to like create An entire world, a universe full of all these characters. He just was like, uh, "Let's just film a scene with all these weird things." And like in retrospect, they name them all and give them all backstories and everything. But at the time, he was like, uh, "Just fill it full of weird shit." That's why you end up with a a guy that looks like a fucking werewolf because they just got a werewolf mask,
1: a butt face guy.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's not. I mean, (laughs) I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but George,
1: George, we found this rubber ass in the prop room. (laughs)
3: <laughs> this this universe kind of grew from what he created
0: wait what did you say we found in the prop room
1: <laughs> that's butt face i found a rubber ass in the prop room oh
0: i thought you said a raft. I that, yeah, this like Morris fantastic
1: mask. make him into an alien
0: <laughs> i imagined in the cantina scene i thought you said a raft that there was like this random <laughs> raft in the corner of the cantina that had or arms and he was taking a drink with his or arms <laughs>
1: You never know. Don't let that that's, get out. If he, if if Lucas listens that's, to this, this might... from
3: the planet that's all rapids. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: one thing you could say about Lucas is that he
2: had an appreciation for all of the elements that went into this: the Western, the Samurai movie, uh, the space opera. You've got a lot of like the old school comic book. Kind of like Flash Gordon kind of stuff in this as well. Yeah, all the old serial
3: stuff, yeah. Yeah.
2: So he he sought out to make a movie that combined all these
1: elements. And for the first
2: one, I mean, he really succeeds.
3: Yeah.
1: No, he really does. He definitely
3: hit it out of the park. I mean...
1: Well, I mean, when I, I remember when I saw this, it was it blew my mind. I mean, like even before we got back to the car, I had a, I had found something to turn into a lightsaber. You know, it's
3: just penis. <laughs> yeah, I bet you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you sit in the back seat going. Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> <clears throat> we had talked about this in the in the um, uh, the road trip uh, show that we had a VW bus, and in the back, you know, we, my sister and I used to sit in the back uh, back. On that platform with the storage, the storage thing, and we would play uh, Star Wars back there, pretend we were flying the Millennium Falcon. I mean, it was. This is one of those things. Like immediately, it was, and you know, when you get to school the next day, you find everybody else who had seen it. Like, oh my god! And that's all you're doing is on the pl- on the playground is playing Star Wars now.
0: I'm yep. the butt face guy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm werewolf man.
1: <laughs> uh, and again, just this one also. A, most of these people on this uh, cast list were pretty much unknowns at this time. He did not. I mean, outside of uh, Alec Guinness and um, Cushing, Peter, Peter Cushing, you know, those were the big draws. Big. I mean, those were the big names in that. I mean, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher were pretty much unknowns at this point. Yeah, they were all. Like I said, Carrie Fisher was nineteen, so she was.
3: She uh, was. She was known more for her lineage than her acting.
0: And and Blues Brothers. Well that was or was that
1: later? Uh that was Sicker. eighty, I think. Maybe
0: I'm th- maybe I got my ages wrong. Maybe she was nineteen in that and she was seventeen in this.
1: I don't know. So <laughs> Yeah, it don't <laughs> matter. Um uh, uh, nineteen eighty, yep. Who's your favorite character?
0: Bud face guy.
2: <laughs> Crafty. <laughs> But face guy is Ponda Baba. Damn it!
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, what are we gonna talk about? Will Wood, Woodrow? What is his name? Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson? Woodrow, Wilson. Woodrow Wilson. Will Hood or whatever. The guy that carries the uh, the cappuccino machine.
2: Well, that that guy isn't in this movie, Joel. No,
0: Will Row Hood was later. But anyway, <laughs> cappuccino machine.
2: Yeah, they have machine. names for everybody. And uh, yeah, Will Row Hood is a guy who's running with an ice cream maker uh, in, in Cloud in, City. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) anyway back to this movie who's your favorite character roll call
2: Uh, I could start I mean it's obvious but it's got to be Han Solo and I mean the reason why everyone says it's important that Han shot first is because this guy is not a good guy he's a smuggler Mm -hmm. that eventually figures out that he's got to do the right thing
3: exactly I mean he has no character arc if you you know make Greedo shoot first
2: Right, yeah, he is a criminal. Uh, he is not opposed to doing the right thing, but he's mostly looking out for himself.
3: I mean, yeah, he only ends up helping the Rebellion just because he keeps getting paid. Yeah. And it isn't until the very end where he finally does something not for a paycheck. And he actually
1: mm. says it in the in the movie, you know, I'm looking out for myself. You know, his character is completely selfish the entire movie. I mean, granted, his, his smart-assness smasness carries a lot of the dialogue I mean carries a lot of the character I mean because honestly I mean we've all gone over this before Luke Skywalker New Hope kind of a whiny bitch I mean, we just wants to go to Tashi. want
2: the speeder. <laughs> I just want to go to Tashi Station for some power converters.
1: <laughs> Uncle Ben. Uh, I want to be a Jedi Knight.
2: I want to play with everybody. Larry
1: joined the rebellion. Tommy joined the rebellion. Why can't Uncle
2: Ben? Is he Spider Man or is he talking to the guy from the rice? It's Uncle Ben and Aunt Baru. Yeah. No. Uncle, Owen. Uh,
0: Uncle Owen. Owen. That's what I said. Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they ran a rice farm on a desert I was planet. I say, Uncle Ben is definitely the guy from the rice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> great Jedi comes great responsibility. He turned into. Add a... one cup of water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is a moisture farmer. I mean.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Oh, uh, Uncle Ben, <laughs> where's Uncle <laughs> Owen? think Uncle a... Owen, Uncle Ben? <laughs>
3: Okay, so, so Joel's favorite character is Uncle Ben, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> what about you,
1: Pat? Who's your favorite?
3: Um, it's it's kind of almost a tie. I mean, between Han Solo and Darth Vader, because Darth Vader is just <clears throat> he's just such a badass. At least until the prequels came out.
0: Well, but even even then, if they wouldn't have done the new no- thing, <clears throat> he, he could have been kind of cool.
3: Or if they'd had anybody else write the scripts,
0: once but. he was actually Darth Vader, I'm talking about, not like the Anakin stuff.
1: Well, right. here's that thing, uh, Pat. What you just said—they had somebody else write the scripts. Lucas, now he was it 100 percent him that wrote it. The first uh,
2: for the first one, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Now just here's the, the
1: thing: one. we watch when you watched it again. It's not um, it's not highbrow, you know, with a lot of subtext writing. Would we have enjoyed it as much if it had been better writing as we, when we were kids? We wouldn't have cared. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't know. I mean, I think it's the world that was created, how all the elements came together. Because you look back, I love A New Hope, but it's got some pacing problems. Oh, yeah. It's got I a mean, lot of issues. Yeah, you get to that uh, spot right before the trench run, and it drags. Oh, when they're getting ready? Yeah.
1: Yeah, when, they're, when they've are when got the big graphic up. and I used to shoot things, womp rats, back in my P6, back in Tatooine. Tattoony? (laughs) Tattoony. That's where Uncle Ben
0: lives. Yes. Oh, right. (laughs) Uncle Ben lives on Tattoony. He's a rice farmer. Yeah. (laughs) And he raises Um, (laughs) Spider-Man. Phil Spider-Man. Oh, man. Ben (laughs) Spider-Man.
1: He's Druish. Anyway. Favorite, Favorite scene. Wait, I didn't think. my Oh, okay. What, we, you said Ass Face Man. I was <laughs>
3: <I'm just kidding. laughs>
0: uh,
3: um, Grand Moff Tarkin.
0: When I was growing up, um, uh,
1: wait, was Boba Fett in the first one?
3: Nope.
0: Nope. He wasn't until Empire. That's right. Okay, so scratch that. Um,
1: was Grand I Moff was, Tarkin? No. And then you had your Grandmaf made just to look like him. I did.
0: <laughs> Originally, yeah, Han Solo, definitely. I mean, I think everybody loved it. Plus, you got Han <laughs> but and Chewie.
3: Then he called it Tarkin Off after that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I do the force joke, um, <laughs> Han and Chewie. You know that that whole thing. Just it, it was a lot of fun that their character. But as as the other stuff came out, like once once you and McGregor took on the mantle of Obi Wan, I got to appreciate that character more in this original film. And in my later years now, I've come to really just love Darth Vader. But for me, I mean, as much as I loved Han Solo, my favorite character to like action figure was always the stormtroopers. I just something about that that uniform always I always had fun with. That was yeah, cool. Those are
3: like the the coolest and most useless uniforms out there.
2: Exactly. He couldn't stop cushing his Peter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> they, actually,
1: they actually make a joke about the. Um, have Have any of you read the, the comic? Um, Tag and Bink are dead. No, there's a no. Com- oh, it's-, it's a Star Wars comic that's based off of two characters that start out in the ship where they uh come in where the vader goes in and gets uh leia from in the transport ship in the very beginning and they managed to eject and somehow wind up in one of the star one of the star destroyers and it's like it's it's just like rosencrantz Guildenstern*. so it's these two characters minor characters through the entire thing uh running through and stepping through all these different events and having just a like a momentary influence on everything that goes on in the movie that but you never see it
3: the forrest gump thing
1: uh no it's it's more like it's more just it's more like um Rosencrantz and the Guildenstern
3: I still haven't seen that though. Oh. <clears throat> but Damn.
1: it's yeah, it's my, minor characters getting their background on it that you never really see them but they have an influence on what's going on and their running joke through the entire comic is that you can't see anything past you, there's absolutely no peripheral vision on this thing. But hmm. yeah, if you can you can find it on digital or whatever read it. It's really a good read. Um
0: well, and uh, I was reading um one of the trivia things they said that the, the blasters that they used were all for had to be used by left hand and then their left hand. So no wonder they're bad shots. They can't see and they're using their hand that they're not used to. why do they have to be
1: used in their left hand? What? why do they have to use their left hand?
0: Because of the way the guns were designed. <laughs> that that when they were designed they were only able to be used by left left handed in their left hand. So unless you were a lefty. Oh. And that also throws off your aim a bit. I would so, imagine. So favorite scene. Oh, from the first one? Yeah. Um, I always, for me, I always like that, that whole sequence from the, the prison breakout to the trash compactor, something mm. about them being in that trash bin, especially the, the place that, they had, I never had it, but I always wanted it where they had like the little squishy styrofoam.
1: Oh, and you would turn the thing whatever. in the back and make it compress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always thought
0: hey. that was just that whole sequence, like the, the interplay, the kind of fast talking and, and them trying to get out of that situation. Always, I always thought was neat. That was fun. yeah, Good banter. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, what
1: about hmm. you, man?
2: I think for me, it, it's always been about the climactic part of the escape from the Death Star, where you're cutting between scenes, but mostly focusing on the duel between Darth Vader and Obi Wan. Yeah, I think and that, how everybody busts in right at the climactic moment, and everyone from different sides of the bay where the Falcon is uh can see uh how obi-wan ends.
3: Mm-hmm. And they, and they all just even stop their own fighting just to watch the the battle. Yeah. yeah. That
1: I thought was cuz like when those when the doors open even the stormtroopers are like, "Whoa, crap."
3: <laughs> <laughs> cuz they're I mean, they're like, "Ooh, let's watch our badass boss, you know, kicks a ass. Yeah. Cuz I mean, can you can you imagine like if you're just a normal stormtrooper and you're you're not always around Darth Vader if you're just a guy that works at that place and he's just there and suddenly you get to see him fight you'd be like, "Oh hell yeah."
1: Oh yeah, if you yeah, if you could be a, like a standard I mean that be like <laughs> a a private turning around seeing George Patton in a fist fight.
3: Yeah or, yeah, or like just imagine like you 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 work at you know, you're a waiter at Planet Hollywood and and you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger comes in one day just to have dinner and he ends up getting into a fist fight with a customer. You're like, "Yeah, hell yeah."
2: Well,
0: except if uh, you're, oh, go no. ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, except in this sequence, are like they're turning to the other guys that are they're fighting. They're like truce, truce, man, truce. Look, yeah, exactly. We
2: gotta stop and watch this. Temporary shit. truce. If you're that same guy, how do you react at the ending? You're like, did the other guy just quit? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Like, he just gave up, which makes more sense now. But when I was watching it with the kids last night, which we watched, um, or not last night when we watched the original Star Wars together again this week. They're not huge fans of it. I mean, they like it, but they're not like... I mean, they like the Legos better than the movies. Um, Juliana asked me, she's like, why Why did he just end up dying? You know, Why did he give up? She said the same thing. And of course, we all know now that, that Alec Guinness never really liked the part and didn't want to be part of the film. But it turned out, kind of adding to the mythos of the Jedi, that once they die, they're not really gone. They right. just become part of the Force, more or less. And they're still around in, in some format. And can still interact, but
3: well, take the right feet. Right.
0: It's just it's just interesting that even you know now, thirty, however many years later, forty three. I don't know. I can't do math. That <laughs> my twelve year old, almost thirteen year old daughter is asking the same questions we all did.
3: Hmm.
0: Hmm. Why did give up?
3: And I, I like how, like in that scene though, you know, Darth Vader strikes him down, and then even he, he like, comes over and he's stepping on the robe, like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, normally I, I, like, I cut people in half, and they just lay there and they die.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then he's going, "Come on,
3: Ben." <laughs> he's like, "Are you fucking with me? If, <laughs> Is there a trapdoor here?"
1: <laughs> I want, you know, and then, and then, of course, and he's, he calls, "I want everybody on the lookout for a naked Ben Kenobi." <laughs> <laughs> that was from one of the cutout parts. You see uh, Alec Guinness run by streaking in one of the scenes. <laughs>
0: And you hear that noise though, still. Vroom, vroom.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> as his wang's going back and forth. <laughs> Thank you for elegantness wang in my head.
0: All right, who else hasn't said their favorite scene yet?
1: Uh, me, gotta okay. be, gotta be the escape. Also, um, the, when they get out of the, com- the compactor and the scene where Han goes charging around the corner, screaming <laughs> and. Um, a second goes by, and he's immediately running right past him on being chased by, like, two dozen uh, stormtroopers. I think it had been probably one of my – if you were to take, like, one one scene scene, one cut, that's got to be my favorite one. But for the, the whole escape, you know, I remember being just completely enraptured from, you know, from uh, breaking her out of the cell block to the compressor or compressor, trash compactor, and uh, all the way down. I mean, that whole – escape scene has got to be it for me even more so than the x-wing than the, the fighting uh the on uh the attack on the death star on just the because it's in the attack of the death star you're seeing all these different characters that you getting blown up that you never really cared about but in the in this one it's this handful of handful of characters all trying to escape at the same time and you had some sort of investment on them you really want because you didn't want to see any of them die i mean if if they had killed off han solo in the first one i would have i would have been devastated you know, if he, had, if he had died in the first one. But it's probably my favorite, too. Did any part freak you out?
2: I mean, I think we've already kind of talked about it uh, with o- Obi-Wan sacrificing himself. And uh, yeah. really, uh, if he doesn't do that, it's really difficult for Luke to get away. Because until Ben's voice says, run, Luke, he's just standing there letting stormtroopers shoot at him.
1: Yeah. And thankfully, they're bad shots. No. See, the reason I put that in, because for me... You guys know how much I love needles. With oh. that interrogation droid, when it came yeah. floating around, that,
3: <laughs> right,
1: and that huge ass <laughs> needle sticking out of the front, that was like, you know, seven year old Mike just covering his eyes. And my wife, my mom's like, what are you covering inside? Like, the door closes. You can't see a damn thing. Freudian slipped there.
3: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> you called your mom, your wife, like, yeah. oh, I don't have anything to say about that at yeah. all.
1: Forty-five, fifty-seven, <laughs> cut out. <laughs> get the turkey carcass.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, Frightening scenes. Hmm. I mean, that was just me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that this one really had anything. I didn't really get scared. Or like have a scene <laughs> where I was like, whoa, until Empire on Dagobah. Hmm.
2: I know that the uh, the crushing in the uh, trash compactor. I, I'm personally not a fan of that form of death, so <laughs> that kind of freaked me out. Being
1: crushed in a trash
2: compactor, just being crushed in general—it's like oh. one of my fears. Ooh, I don't know if uh, that one came up when we talked about fears.
0: Note nope. To self, Josh does not want to be crushed. Okay,
2: so take that off the list. Yes. Hold <laughs> on. Oh,
0: no, this is my to-do list.
2: <laughs> Crush
0: Josh. Brother josh and a compact how do you spell compactor
1: <laughs> okay so what about uh the rest of the movie let's go on like from the escape to the end you know when when han took off at the end you know i got stuff to do i've got a key when he mentions paying off uh um jabba jabba the hut you know did you were any of us when you saw it the first time surprised when han came back man that was so long ago i don't even remember
3: <clears throat> i think yeah i think the first time i saw it i was you know excited and surprised and all that stuff, but... Okay. I mean, ever since I saw the first time, you know, no, it never surprises me.
0: But I don't think any of us really <laughs> understood what exactly he was, his character was doing or who he was at that point. We just thought he was cool. You know, the cool bad guy, good guy kind of thing. Yeah. And the implications of what he was saying and what he was doing didn't really sink in. So when he came back, it was just like, cool, oh, Han's back. But, yeah. you know, nowadays it's um, like, oh, it has a lot more meaning to it. Does anybody else wonder why when uh, they're flying the TIE fighters and um, Darth Vader's playing Pong while he's... Blind yeah, park. what was that? The little... And they had it in the new one, too. They had the same thing, which I thought was great that J.J. Abrams kept all the same tech, but yeah, they do that little knob turn. I think it's to... something to do with their targeting systems, but... Well, I mean,
3: cool. I, I, I I assume it's kind of akin to the sniper, you know, adjusting his sights.
0: Right. I think it has something to do with that, the targeting.
1: Oh, I just made but me it, remember uh, Luke getting into the, uh, the gun pod on... Uh, Millennium falcon that was another great scene
3: oh yeah oh yeah great shot kid don't get cocky <laughs>
1: <laughs> he puts in he puts
0: on the xbox 360 uh, <laughs> yeah. microphone thing I thought you were talking about when he gets when they're they're trying to convince him that uh to let him fly because the one guy the one general or the head of the x x wing squadron is, is talking to um what's his buddy's name biggs no Wedge? Wedge? Wedge. Wedge Antilles. And Wedge is trying to convince him that, you know, he's the best bush pilot on Tatooine or whatever.
3: <laughs> and on Tatoo... Shut okay. up. Tatooine? On Tatooine. Shut
0: <laughs> up. You <laughs> can shoot womp rats at,
1: at whatever and... Yeah. So. Alright. Explosion of the Death Star. When... First time you saw it. Hell of a fatal flaw.
3: Yeah. yeah. No shit. <laughs> it's just being like, Whoa. Darth
1: Vader's <laughs> like, I want to talk to the engineers. <laughs> what the hell?
3: We need uh, to make sure there are no flaws in the next one we build. I've got two force chokes waiting for him.
0: <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, that made for a good video game thing. Yeah, it's true. But I'll did like, you see when they filmed those scenes, um, how they did that, where they had a, a, a the camera on a rig on a pickup truck and they would drive down the length of the uh the ship
1: the actual the model yeah right yeah
0: they would drive down with the the thing on it to film those sequences because uh, george lucas is notorious that he loves speed he loves racing and he loves anything going fast and so hence the pod races and phantom menace but that was one of his things
3: so and well, the uh the door races on the on the speeder pods.
0: Well, and the only reason they had that one part, that that little divot in the thing, was because the the models when they made them would shrink, and they they the when it would shrink, they didn't want to have to do all this extra work to fix it, so they just created it as part of the the ship, and it ended up being a whole plot device, <laughs> all because of a mistake that that uh, the way that it was molding or whatever. Well, and
2: I think a lot of people now it's easy to forget. Uh, what th- that this was first in terms of the special effects mm-hmm. on this level there, there's nothing seen remotely like it before you'd had uh, other stuff in space other sci-fi but uh, it's easy to look at it from a perspective of today and look back and see how much it's influenced and kind of forget that th- this was. Th- they didn't have any pattern to go from they weren't copying anything they're creating it out of whole cloth
3: Right, that was one of the things I <clears throat> had to explain to my niece as she was watching this trilogy for the first time on DVD. Um, you know, it's like you have to understand this was cutting edge at the time. You know, I mean, it was nobody had done these kind of special effects before.
1: Well, let's talk about that. If you, okay, going back, skipping over all the, the redos where they added in the details, added in, you know, all the digital stuff. If you watch the original New Hope without any uh, updating, how how much do the effects hold up to you guys? Uh, they be- totally hold up. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. To be honest, I- that that
0: opening shot where the the star destroyer comes flying oh. by and they're doing like they're they're showing it from the underside, uh, did that shot alone holds up against CGI stuff that's done today, in my opinion.
1: Well, I mean, I think it was because of the fact that they were using the um, the practical effects over digital effects is they had no choice. I mean they had how many takes to do this and make it look right because it's not like they could just you know like recording on digital you know where they can just you know erase it and redo it or you know just get another hard drive. they only had so much film to cut all this on. So if they blew it on the first one, I think it's just the fact that they had the limited resources, but they had enough imagination they had enough uh, skill and talent in these in these teams to make it look that good on the first run. I mean I agree with you the, looking back and watching it again, The fact that you realize that this is actually a huge ship somewhere, you know, this is sitting in some storage somewhere or in, you know, Lucas's bathroom or wherever the hell it is. (laughs) You know, that's just, I mean, the amount of time and, yeah, you have passion for something now, but when you you take it to back then – I mean, nobody thought this movie was going to succeed on the level that it did. You know, so it's not like they had this huge budget. In fact, the other thing I was reading uh, was Lucas paid himself out of this $125,000 was how much he put himself down for for making this movie versus however millions he could have. But instead signed on for uh, merchandising rights and um, uh, the right to sequels, to making sequels.
2: And a lot of the cast was given
1: the same deal, but only Alec Guinness took them up on it. Because oh, he yeah.
3: thought it wasn't going to make any money. So <sighs> he's just like, I might as well try to make some somehow.
1: Yeah, a percentage is better than just a straight dollar. I mean, then he, holy crap. I'm surprised yep. he did anything after well, this.
0: Look at Robert Downey Jr., who took that model for once he signed on to be Iron Man, and look what he got up walked away with. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, crap. I was going to say something about something important. I don't know. <laughs> Damn it. Something about oh, a thing. Oh. Oh. That, well, that we should mention. Then, I mean, and we don't probably know who all the people are, but one of the things that makes these movies hold up and has made the universe what it is, when you look at anything that is part of popular culture, if you have something that speaks to people and it has a life beyond just the creator, and you know, you make something and then all of a sudden it it has a certain thing to it, like the the uh, the whole. Charisma thing that certain people have that other people don't there are certain characters that have that same phenomenon and they go on to become part of pop culture like Boba Fett why is he the most popular character that everybody loves almost out of the entire series but he was just his minor character that ended up having one of the worst deaths in the whole scene movies. Same, there should be a lot of credit given to the people that were the set designers that was created the models that created the designs for the characters, the, the wardrobe people. I mean, all these people don't get credit because Lucas didn't shit all this out on his own. A lot of sure. the stuff he had concept wise was pretty crappy. Well,
3: that's um, what I was talking about earlier with like he, I mean, he. He got lucky because a lot of people filled out his his universe for him.
0: Yeah. You look at some of the original designs, they were horrible, and they were the, the, his concepts. <sighs> um, who was it, though, that did um, – there is one person responsible for the original artwork.
2: Ralph McQuarrie.
0: Thank you. And his stuff is amazing. I love his stuff. It's very like Buck Rogers – not Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon, like the old serials, Flash mm-hmm. Gordon. And it wouldn't have worked on the big screen like this, but – they're amazing if you ever get a chance.
2: Well, and I think definitely you go from the original concepts of Lucas to uh, Ralph McQuarrie's artwork to the individual spin on that artwork that those set designers put onto it. And that's that's how you get the progression to what we saw on film. And like you say, every person added an important piece to what we got to see.
1: Yeah. I I personally think the people who did the matte paintings like those background paintings for all the all the scenes were those were amazing cuz they used to do those on glass yep the back for the backgrounds when they and it's I mean just like, as a whole,
3: like the the entire background in empire when um Darth Vader and Luke are having their standoff. That's all just painted glass.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like you said earlier, Josh, it's just the, the perfect storm. Yeah. You know, everything came together exactly the way it needed to to make this one act, make Star Wars become Star Wars. I mean, if it wasn't, you know, you're not sure. You, you lose one one uh, piece of this puzzle, what happens? You know, it's, does it fall apart? Does it get, you know, what what would happen to it? But it seems like everybody came together in the right time in the right place to make this what it is.
0: I think that's what it all comes down to is it was all the right elements at the right time to – and you can't say that about a lot of movies. There's a few other
1: examples out there, but – So we are at uh, probably a time for a break.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. And then we're going to come back and it's a spoiler time. Yeah. uh, We're going to talk about Star Wars The Force Awakens just released a couple days ago. Yeah, this would be.
3: Do we want to do a thumbs up, thumbs down on Star Wars? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't think we need to. I
0: think we uh, we
1: all have our lightsabers raised. (laughs) You got your Moff Tarkin up. So uh, yeah, so we're gonna take a break. And if you don't want to hear any spoilers about the Force Awakens, now is the time to pause the show. Go see it, and then come back later. Cool, cool. Be back oh, in a bit.
2: And I want to go see the Force Awakens.
1: No, you must work on the moisture farm. May the force be with you. Welcome back, and also with also you. With you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this is exciting for us because uh, we haven't even really discussed amongst ourselves the our feelings and thoughts on the new Star Wars. Yeah, we
1: all have seen it in the last two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's
0: been I, less than twelve hours for me.
1: Yeah, it's uh, we're fresh in our minds. Um, everybody saw it at different places, different times, different version. I'll well, say different versions. I mean, like between. Uh, <laughs> Um, different formats. Th- yeah, format 3D and not 3D. I saw the and one I, set on Tatooine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and and this is kind of a behind the scenes thing because sometimes when we're doing pre-show stuff, we'll go off on a tangent about whatever we're going to be talking about, and there's a lot of stuff that comes out that doesn't ever make it to the show.
1: Yeah. So, it, and this is a this is actually the first time we've discussed this movie amongst ourselves. So, uh, we are of course talking about Star Wars. Seven. The Force Awakens, starring Harrison Ford reprising his role as Han Solo, uh, Mark Hamill comes back as Luke, Carrie Fisher as Leia, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, uh, Daisy Ridley, Ridley or Ridley, 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 Ridley as Rey, John Boyega, 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 Boyega. Thank you. As Finn, Oscar Isaac. No, Oscar, <laughs> Oscar Isaac as Poe. Uh, Lupita Nyong as Maz Kanata. Andy Serkis comes back as Supreme Leader Snoke. And then, uh, General Hux as Dominal Gleeson. Anthony Daniels and Peter Mayhew come back, uh, as Chewbacca and C-3PO. And, uh, Max von Snyder is Lorsan Tekka. And Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma. Can somebody refresh my memory?
0: Which character was Maz
1: (coughs) Kanata? Uh,
2: uh, completely CGI. Kind of looked like the lead from, uh... Oh, the video game Psychonauts? She, oh, the the little, the little, the little yeah, thing the, with the eyes? The one that had the bar. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew that Lupita Nyong'o was in this. I did not realize uh, until last night when I actually hit IMDB that her character was uh, the entirely CGI uh, Maz Kanata. But I think that was awesome because I thought Maz was uh, immediately an engaging character
1: yeah I oh agree yeah with it. yeah i do agree with that so
0: yeah i've, I've people have been talking about her since then on on one of the groups i'm in so
1: yeah so this is the first live action star wars movie in the last 10 11 years more uh, when, when
2: was first? uh hold on i'm looking episode three
1: revenge of the sith
0: was duh, 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 burr, burr. 2005 yeah so 10
1: years ago 10 years ago so uh a full decade has passed since the the horror that was the prequels and um now we are introduced to new characters and again they've gone with kind of sort of unknowns on this the daisy daisy ridley uh as um ray and she's
0: got credits but she's not super well known over here yeah, yeah. same
2: thing with john boyega <clears throat> who
0: was fantastic in attack the block if you've not seen it
1: i want to see that so good so, but, uh, yeah, she was in something called Scrawl, 2015, comic book movie, movie about comic books. Looks, looks kind of like Death Note, probably. Um, she's been in a lot of great, a lot of stuff from Great Britain. Uh, Scrawl, she does uh, the voice of Ray, obviously, in Disney Infinity for the video games and all that. But uh, let's just take the new new cast out, out of the old, well, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Trivia. Production had a preference for using real locations and miniature models over green screens in this one and computer generated imagery whenever possible in order to make the film aesthetically similar to the original Star Wars trilogy. So they fell back on what we had discussed earlier on using practical effects more often than digital in order to make everything as reminiscent Which, as it could be.
2: Yeah, I And think, I think it showed. Oh, yeah, I did. think
0: that's one of the reasons why uh, ultimately J.J. Abrams was the right choice, because I think he understood that, because if you specifically look at that scene where they're getting ready to attack the planet the star killer thing that you notice the tech that they're using is basically the same kind of tech that they were using in empire or star wars or return of the jedi even you know that same really kind of looks 70s ish but is modern and same thing with the targeting stuff some of it's updated but they stuck with the original concepts like they didn't try and make it anything new or fancy or modern
3: now, well, it's a little more realistic that way because if you look at life, there are very few things that just come out of the blue. I mean, things just kind of organically grow technology-wise. Like, you know, there, I mean, the i the iPhone was probably the first thing in a long time that just kind of came out of nowhere as new technology. Other things just kind of grow from old technology. Like, computers wouldn't suddenly start looking insanely different than they are now because, you know, we're used to them looking a certain way.
1: Well, that's another thing that... Um They did with this. I don't know if I put this trivia in there, but they actually worked hard to make sure that the props that they had had that that Star Wars look versus that Star Trek look. You know what I mean when I say that? Yeah. Star Wars, things are used, they're worn, they're old. Where Star Trek, everything's shiny and chrome, you know? it's um, They actually worked really hard. Apparently they had gone through Great Britain and bought up every single um, air gun for, for uh, what is it called? Recoil, recoil. Yeah, to do the recoil for the for the uh, for the blasters. Yeah. So that they actually built them when you pull the trigger, they, they have this little air blast that makes them kick, so that way you get that that looks real to you. You know, they're not faking it. You know, you are not have somebody. You know, it all it all looks like they all have the same equipment, um, and looks realistic. So, but uh, what do you think about that look? I mean, do you I f-
3: like I I like that the fact that Star Wars looks like a lived in universe versus Star Trek, which you know because i mean there are, there are things in star trek that that make more sense because star trek is more of a utopian society than a realistic society mm-hmm. and like you know i mean for instance you know one of the things that i've been talking about lately with star trek is the fact that they all walk around with what are the equivalent of like you know iPhones and iPads and stuff but none of them have anything in any cases and no one is walking around with chipped equipment or anything with with cracks on it or anything So it's just, you know, it's very utopian versus Star Wars. If they were doing that, people would either have cases on them or they would be all cracked up and smashed up. Yeah.
2: Well, and in this case, you've got an added sense of history where you're on planet Jakku and there's wreckage of the sorts of ships and vehicles that we're familiar with from the Galactic Rebellion era. Yeah, and that
1: uh, that was fantastic.
3: Yeah, it was wow. really cool seeing the, the wreckage stuff.
1: Yeah, seeing yeah. um Ray climbing through that, you know, you see her in the wreckage, you know it's a wreckage of something, but when she walks out and she walks out of one of the uh, engine exhausts, of Star Destroyer. Yeah. Which that was a
3: good of introduction her of her character.
0: Yeah. Her home is, a, is a, an Imperial Walker that's on its side. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and that's one of the things, again, I, I'm throwing a lot of love towards J.J. Abrams, who I'm not like a huge fan of, but the man really, I think, was paying homage to what came before rather than trying to make it something new. He was still putting his spin on it, but he was playing in the universe that's already been created so that it still had that same feel.
3: Well, it's, it's kind of it's like Peter Jackson with The Lord of the Rings. It's like you can tell it was in the hands of somebody that knew and respected the world.
1: Yeah, that that is, I think, the, the big reason why it's because I think J.J. J. Abrams realized when they initially were uh, – and again, in the trivia, that J.J. Um, J. Abrams, the, the biggest thing that he had to ponder in his head was this is huge. I mean this is not just a, we're making a next movie. This is – a lot of people's lives i mean look at the 501 you know the the group of people that dress up as, as stormtroopers is darth vader and all the characters you know this is a part of people's lives and he i think he realized that this is he can't screw this up mm-hmm. you know this has it has to hit and hit hard on the first time and otherwise it's going to go you know he's he's going to lose all credibility on the next ones so trivia Trivia. <laughs> Sorry, we're we're, oh, we're d- I know deeply. we're drifting off. According to uh, Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy, when Harrison Ford and Chewbacca set foot in the Millennium Falcon, every person on set dropped dead quiet. Everybody was stunned. Kennedy claims that there must have been two hundred people that were completely quiet due to the presence of Harrison Ford and Chewbacca walking back onto the Millennium Falcon. Which that scene,
3: yeah. Oh, <laughs> When they uh, first walked in yeah
1: yeah now okay, okay well it, while I've, I guess we're gonna do the trivia with little interjections here instead of just going through them when um Ray and Finn were running away from the stormtroopers when they said you know we'll take that ship no it's a hunk of junk and they went towards the other one that got blown up I guess we're taking the trash. oh guess we're taking the junk then yeah, the, the garbage will be fine the garbage will be fine when they panned over and it was the Millennium Falcon. The crowd in the theater went nuts. (laughs) I mean, in my theater, there was cheering because I saw it 7 p.m. on Thursday, so it was like the first showing. So it was like pretty much a lot of uh, nerd parents with kids that they had to get to bed early versus seeing the midnight showing. But the coolest thing in the in the in this was they the, uh, the Millennium Falcon showed up. Everyone goes nuts when Harrison Ford first showed up. Everyone went nuts you know when everybody little by little as the old characters were introduced you know except for like uh, you know uh C3PO everybody was kind of like <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> but i mean when there were when the references were made to different things there was a lot of acknowledgement from the there was a lot of play from the from the crowd to the to the movie but I, I mean, I was cheering with him. I mean, mm-hmm. When that, when the Millennium Falcon came on screen, everyone was just like, we're, I mean, just like Han Solo, we're home. <laughs> right. So uh, next up, Mark Hamill claimed that George Lucas nonchalantly told him over lunch that a new Star Wars trilogy was going to be made by Disney. And uh, if he didn't want to be involved, they could just, you know, we can just write Luke out of the script. Mm-hmm. However, Hamill immediately agreed by grabbing George Lucas by the collar I haven't done anything except for Joker for the past 15 years. Um, No, he totally jumped in both feet and uh, was in with the rest of the team. And which I also thought was awesome, too, is that everybody just about everybody came back, didn't they? He's
0: he's one of those guys that's always, I think, embraced that character. I mean, I think Ford kind of distanced himself a little bit from it and... Carrie Fisher, I think, one of the Ford
3: also has a much bigger list of movies to pull from.
0: Yeah, right. He 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 went on to do you know a lot more serious stuff after that. But a lot of the other people kind of. Became character actors and kind of stayed there, which is fine, but not all of them embraced it. Like, I think Hamill always kind of liked the fact that he was Luke
3: Skywalker. Oh, yeah. Well, wouldn't uh, you? Oh, <laughs> heck yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be two- awesome.
1: Summer 2013 was revealed that both Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill had begun a vigorous regimen of diet, exercise, and stunt training to prepare for the roles of Leia and Luke, respectively. Uh which definitely had a lot of stunts. <laughs>
2: Well, I honestly think they both looked great, uh, especially considering you've got the, the sort of great fall and resurrection of Carrie Fisher over the last two decades. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Which, you know, you look at her like when she was in in Scream 3 or she was, uh, you know, she did uh, Sorority Row and she did a couple of like things here and there where she kind of played herself or played a variation on herself. Um, yeah, it was nice to see her back. She obviously has had apparently 30 years of nonstop smoking or something, but... Um yeah, I know they both everybody looked good.
3: Yeah. We're in lifetime of just tons of prescription drugs and illegal narcotics. Who knows, right? (laughs) No, that's that's the truth. That's the truth. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that for her.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. She uh, had out
3: of rehab and yeah.
2: And then had some serious mental problems, put on a ton of weight and then lost it Mm -hmm. Uh, before she came back for this. uh, She had been doing kind of an inspirational, motivational speaking tour on her struggles with mental illness and all that, oh. and her battle back.
0: Yeah, that that makes me feel a little bad about because she was one of the parts that I when I saw her, I was happy to see her, but she just looked like she'd been kind of beat up a bit, which you uh, know played a well lot with the character. Worse.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, she looked like a war torn general version of Princess Leia. She looked exactly as I'd hoped she would. Yeah, yeah as, I
3: mean, if if she hadn't, if she had looked better, they probably would have had to you know to ugly her up. To be honest with you, I mean, because she sure. would have looked you know too good to be someone who'd been through so much war. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and that actually, Pat, you you and I had that conversation about why the hell are there all all these? Why is everybody a general now? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Kim, I, my reasoning was that because there was a power vacuum. After the attack on the second Death Star, uh, how many of the rebel ships that contained the leaders got destroyed? So you know, I was it, just
3: making fun of the fact that everybody was a general. Yeah. Uh,
1: but, also? Uh, but
3: it, it, it was before I saw the movie, and I didn't realize that it wasn't true. But, right.
1: <laughs> Kevin Smith and Benedict Cumberbatch visited the set. Uh, Smith, who is infamous for his open and talkative nature, was forced to sign a non-disclosure agreement... And J.J. Abrams had World War II-style propaganda posters titled "Loose Lips Sink Starships" hung up <laughs> around the set to remind Smith not to reveal spoilers for the film to the public. And uh, true to his word, the only thing that Smith revealed was that he cried when he stood on the set of the Millennium Falcon. Which I kudos to him. Yes, and I good for him not doing it. And I think I probably would have reacted the same way. Right? Oh yeah. Oh to, yeah. To be on the on the bridge of that, mm-hmm. to be sitting in the oh man. Fangasm right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm moffing my Tarkin right there.
3: <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> okay. Let's get into it. Common complaints.
3: Uh, oh, we're going complaints might, first?
1: Oh, no. Well, no. This is just a lot of references to the really original trilogy. Do you oh, think?
2: Yeah. there. Are, I mean, th- here's the thing is independent of how we felt about it, the, uh, the critical response has been pretty great, but there have been, as I predicted – a whole lot of nerds with a whole lot of anger that they're just vomiting out all over the internet well
3: they went into the movie looking for things to be mad at yeah
2: Yeah. and one of the common complaints is that uh, there were so many references to the original trilogy that it uh, felt forced that it almost felt like it blurred the line between uh, remake and sequel or reboot and
3: sequel They, 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 they almost went a little too meta sometimes some of this stuff. And that's
2: the thing is, I thought it was a reasonable enough complaint that while I personally disagree with it, it was a good discussion point for us to talk about because there are a lot of similar plot beats from A New Hope to The Force Awakens.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it made sense at the end when they're talking about you know trying to destroy this planet. It made sense that they would reference you know the two things that they'd already destroyed before. So I don't have a problem with them referencing things like that that are organic like that
2: well I mean there's also the plot like droid has plans to uh, that are important that everybody's after Who and the droid's on the run uh, he's even the little one looks kind of like R2D2 they've got another base that's like the Death Star only bigger this time this time it blows up sim- systems I, I'm coming off as uh, critical here but I'm just playing devil's advocate saying like th- this is what people are saying how do we feel about this
0: well, and that's one of the things I said when, as soon as we left the movie, I I was like, okay, it feels a lot like they're kind of revisiting and retelling a New Hope, but at the same time, they weren't, and I didn't care. I, I
1: yeah, I'm with it didn't I'm bother with, me, but yeah, it did I, feel like that. I'm with Joel on this one. I I saw what I wanted to see. I want to yeah. see a new, a, you know, a yeah, of course, the, of course, they're the uh, they're going to build a bigger – you know, world-spanning uh, weapon. You know, that's that's just the thing. I mean, it's...
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of sloppy writing, but it's more realistic that way, because they're just going to keep, all right, we'll just keep trying the same thing again and again and again. You know, people do that.
2: Yeah, and I do think that I'm kind of with you guys, where this is a legit criticism that I completely don't care about. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, it it's a very fine line to walk, to pay homage without, you know, being too tongue in cheek like I mean like they did in in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles show that we did you know and we talked about how they, they spent too much time trying to throw back and it was it didn't feel natural a, yeah. you know a few times it's a fine line to walk and I think, I think they did a good job in this one. they they paid some homage like you know her putting the rebel helmet on and everything or you know the wreckage from all the other things. you know and there were a couple times where they could have jumped a little too far and I don't think that they did
1: I think the my favorite and really subtle one was when Finn is looking through the, part, the box of parts on the Millennium Falcon, and he picks up the globe from the training droid when Luke was training with the uh, lightsaber. Yeah, and that.
3: But I, I mean, like, like him leaning stuff, on the, the chest set and turning that on—that was when they were starting to get towards the side of all right, you're you're pandering a little too much to, Well, you know.
0: and think about what you said about the whole power vacuum thing. You know, here's here's Snoke who, who's like, okay, I'm gonna Snoke try General Snoke the main bad guy. Okay. They're the Andrew circus character. Is that your pet name for him? That you call each other when you're alone? Yes. No, Um,
1: they're going
0: (laughs) to, they're going to try. They're like, okay, well we, (laughs) we did this before. We just got to raise an army, figure out a way to take out the, uh, what's left of the rebellion. And we can make this work because they're, they weakened. The, the Jedis are gone and it's, it's it, why not? You know? And and we just got to do it bigger and better. And, um, so, you know, then you've got the guy that wants to be Darth Vader and has the power to kind of create that point. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to have a lot of the same plot points. But again, I didn't I didn't care.
1: Yeah. No, it felt I felt like a new you. movie. It was it, 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 there was enough different about it to make it feel like it was new. It wasn't well, like a retelling. It was it was I mean, droids are commonly used to transport data.
2: Yeah, and I think that's one of the things for me is one of the things that worked so well is it felt so much more like Star Wars than any of the prequels did.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, I would just say that, uh, guys, don't go to IMDb and read the user reviews. They're straight up cancer.
0: Well, and think about any of the the wars that have happened in, in our real life since the dawn of time. I mean, the basic same strategy is used. And so, why would that be any different in a in a universe that doesn't exist? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have somebody that takes power, they raise an army, and they try and wipe out anybody that stands in their way. I mean, it's it's a story as old as (laughs) the planet itself.
3: And the thing, you know, that's what one of the things, honestly, that made the prequel feel all the prequels feel kind of off was that it just wasn't. It didn't. It was too clean for the Star Wars universe. All the worlds they were in.
1: Yeah, it, it went to Star Trek.
3: Yeah. I mean, George Lucas fell in love with the CGI, and, and that just kind of snowballed into everything has to have clean lines and look clean.
0: But... It's prior to the war happening.
3: But so, as you just said, you know, wars have been happening since the beginning of time. It's not like these were the first wars this universe has ever seen when, you know, when the Empire came into existence.
1: Yeah, it's not like we, you know, in, in real life, we go, man, I wish it was before World War One, when everything was all still clean and shiny. <laughs> right. That's a good point.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think a good point has been made that one of the interesting things, you look at the end of Jedi and it's like, okay, the good guys won. Everything's okay now. But is it really? The Empire's been defeated, but, like, all of the bad people didn't just, like, die.
3: Yeah. yeah. The,
2: the leadership has been cut off, but there's still all this technology. There's still all these ideas out there. And the First Order rising out of the ashes of the Empire is a nat- kind of a natural progression. Right. Because, mm-hmm. really, the good guys are still, even at the end of Jedi, a bunch of ragtag rebels on the run.
1: Yeah, they there took are, down the Death Star, but they're still, I mean, you did definitely did not see the Empire's full force in that attack.
2: Yeah, they're able to yeah. establish a galactic government, but uh, we saw how long that lasted.
1: Yeah. So what did you think about the, the new weapon in this one? The, uh, you know, equivalent to what the Death Star is. Oh, but you know what? Jump back is Ray a mary sue what does that mean i don't know okay
2: well if you're not familiar with the concept of the mary sue uh, mary sue is a character usually used in fan fiction where it's a character with no discernible flaws Uh, uh usually like someone writes themselves into like a harry potter fanfic and a mary sue is a perfect character with no real flaws that limit their uh themselves uh Big criticism has been made that the lead in Twilight is a total Mary Sue, uh, Bella. And a lot of, uh, one of the other common complaints is, is that Ray is a bit of a Mary Sue where, uh, she doesn't have any real flaws and without training, she's awesome with a blaster. She's, uh, better lightsaber duelist than Kylo Ren, once again, without training. And she's as good, if not better at both piloting and repairing the Millennium Falcon to Han Solo.
3: And I did, that did honestly bother me. I mean, I understand they're trying to set her up for some huge reveal later, and I could speculate on that now or not. I don't care. But, I mean... They're, they're obviously building her up to be something really big.
2: Yeah, and I do think that a lot of that is explained. The fact that she's got some fighting ability, she's had to scrap her entire life as a scavenger to make sure she gets to hold on to the parts that she finds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing with her picking up force powers pretty quick, I think that that is a plot hole that is going to be answered later once we find out exactly who she is and what happened to her in Family. that l- <laughs> little slice of a flashback with her being taken. On Jakku,
1: yeah. My idea, what what I got from her force powers suddenly coming to blossom, was almost kind of like the X Men. She's in a situation where she is incredibly stressed, just like you know, like so many uh, X Men. Their powers manifest. When they're in a situation where they feel they can't escape.
2: Well, and I kind of think that she also got a look inside Kylo Ren's mind when he tried to look into hers. Oh, she totally did. Yeah. So someone made the comparison. It's like, well, someone who's a guitar virtuoso might be better the first time they pick up a guitar than someone who's been training for years. But they have to be handed a guitar to find that out first. Right. Well,
0: and you think about also with as much as she scavenged in all those ships and was privy to that technology, even though it was broken and busted and whatnot, she still learned over the years she's been alive how those things function and what the parts are because she's selling them back to get food for herself. So Mm -hmm. it's not uh, totally unrealistic that she's not going to understand the inner workings of all those ships because of her scavenging.
3: Well, that yeah. was the way I read it. It was like, of course she knows what that part does because she scavenges for those parts, you know. I mean, yeah,
1: she knows she would
3: have to know what it is in order to bring the fl- it back. The flying of the Millennium Falcon <clears throat> was a little hard to, to buy.
2: now. And of course she's familiar with the Falcon. At least she's never taken it up, but she knew who owned it. She'd been selling... Parts to the guy who owned it,
1: yeah,
3: and as no, far- I'm just talking about the fact that she could fly it, as, you know, well enough to, oh, to escape the, two tie fighters
1: to do the tunnel run.
3: Yeah, and that whole, you know, it just it was a little it was a little hard, you know. I mean, a little far fetched,
0: but, but it can be forgiven.
2: And it's yeah. worth saying that yeah, she beat Kylo Ren pretty much in her first lightsaber duel, but it begs the question. How good is Kylo Ren? That is well. true.
1: That is, that is something that Suzanne and I discussed on the way home is like, how could she beat him? But it to me, I mean, You think of Darth Vader as a Sith Lord, and this is supposed to be – Kylo Ren is supposed to be this next Sith Lord. Never saw Darth Vader take out his aggression on a uh, control console.
2: Oh, sure. (laughs) Kylo (laughs) Ren is really interesting because he is a small child prone to tantrums who is uh, trying desperately to be Darth Vader, and he's trying too hard.
0: Yeah, Well. but also take into consideration he was injured, he was angry, and you they've already established that he has a temper and, and doesn't quite know how to control everything just yet. And even Snoke said it later on that he, you know, hasn't completed his training. So it's not like he is a Sith Lord who's the master of the force and the dark side or whatever. He's he's this kid who is doing his best to be the bad guy, and she got the better of him because he yeah. was letting everything else kind of influence what he was doing.
3: What? I have I have less of a hard time buying her beating him in the lightsaber duel, because as Josh said, and as I agree with him, there's going to be a big reveal as to who she is that's going to explain and hopefully fill some of these plot holes. I had a harder time believing that Finn was going to be able to fight anybody with a lightsaber Period.
2: Well, and that's a question. Is uh, it's not clear whether or not Finn is force sensitive.
3: And if he is too, then then I'm going to have to. That's going to kind of be like, oh, you know, come on, all the. Why doesn't everybody just be a Jedi? Then at that point, you know, I
0: think that's a plot point that we're going to find out later about about the entire stormtroopers in the Imperial Army. Personally. I've said it already on another chat, but I think
3: but that's... But they're going to reveal that the stormtroopers are inept fighters or something?
0: No, that because that they're, they're, they're plucking them from their families. They're not creating... Uh, <laughs> they're
3: not cloning them anymore. They're not
0: cloning them anymore. They're taking them from families. And right. I'm half wondering if they're pulling people that are Force-sensitive for the Imperial Army, or at least some of them, and training them to be part of that group as... Uh, latent jedis which is eventually going to turn out to be the downfall of the imperial army which the, the, the,
1: they
3: kind of that's made my, a
0: nod
1: to it in the very beginning they're,
3: tra- they're training their own jedi enemies yeah they're right they're
1: almost looking for people who are force sensitive to create a sith army but they don't know that yet the people that
0: they're training were taken as kids so they have no idea
1: i mean i got that interesting the, i got the hint that possibly that um uh, Finn was force sensitive in the very beginning when Kylo Ren was leaving and he stopped and looked at Finn.
2: Yep. And also there's the moment where yeah. Finn and Rey are talking about how something came over them while they were in the Falcon. Like they don't know how they did
1: that. Right. Yeah. That whole banter back and forth. On, oh, my God, it was so cool. And you did this. How did you do that type of thing where they just sort of knew what to do? I mean, I could buy that Finn is force sensitive, but I my theory on this is that Ray is my my theory is that Ray is Han and uh, Leia's daughter.
2: See, I was thinking her last name
0: is
1: actually Skywalker. You That's what so? I was thinking too. Yeah, well, I
3: think, okay. she, I think she's going to be Luke's daughter because I
0: thought in the original the original fiction stories, the the books that came out, I thought that Han and Leia had. Twins,
3: yeah,
2: but that's those did not
1: happen. Yeah, well, that that's, is, that's get, not Canada anymore. And second of all, sure. if it was at the age that uh, Ray was taken from her family, if Kylo is the brother, he would have remembered Rey
2: right? Well, and I can't buy <clears throat> Han and Leia being together, and Han not saying anything about the girl that he encountered. Uh, If there was any chance that it could be a girl about the same age as their daughter, okay, I rescind my statement.
1: I'm now in Josh's camp that uh, Ray (laughs) is Luke's daughter, which may explain. My camp
3: too. Don't just (laughs) okay,
1: okay. You're camping there too, but uh, which also may explain the look that Luke had. When she handed him the, the lightsaber.
0: Well, yep. and I didn't think that she wasn't anymore after <laughs> uh, midway through the movie when Han never made any mention or did Leia that they had anybody other than Kylo Ren that she was Luke's.
1: Yeah. Um, but with who? Another t- another tidbit on Ray being Luke's daughter when she grabbed the lightsaber in the very when they were at the um, mm-hmm. at the cantina she had that flashback to the hallway where Luke fought Darth Vader in Cloud City.
2: Oh yeah, and I think that's going to be very important. There there's a big theory going around that uh when Luke had that encounter in the cave with Darth Vader that he basically lost. And, and like even if you look at the end of Empire, in some ways he gives into the dark side in the final fight. Yeah. He uh before he sets aside his lightsaber and says, "I'm a Jedi like my father before me when they're taunting him and telling him to give into his anger or into his hate, uh, he's just cranking away with that lightsaber,
3: yeah he oh he totally did give it into his hate, yeah, there's no denying that
2: yeah, so i and I think that the fact that he, he went as Yoda said before he was ready is going to be relevant as we go forward in the trilogy,
1: yeah. Um, like Kylo. Yeah. I, I, Just with Kylo Ren, one of my favorite – probably one of my f- biggest laughs in the entire thing has got to be when uh, when Rey escaped and Kylo Ren discovers it and those two stormtroopers come walking around the corner. Oh, yeah. Stop, look at each other, make a 180 and just walk away.
3: They're like <laughs> – yep. like, a lot of now, there was a little more humor in this than there was in, in most of the Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars has always had humor, but there was more in this than usual.
2: But at least it wasn't any like low slapstick or body humor the way you found in uh, the prequels, right? Yeah.
3: And that that was the, kind of the thing. Again, you know, I use the word organic because it just the humor that they used it, it grew out of the situation. It wasn't like you know you created you know you know a character that's just going to stick his head in an electrical field and so he could talk funny, funnier, you know, for the you know it just. It, it was more organic because it was nice to see the stormtroopers kind of almost act like humans, you know. Because we're so used to them almost being robotic, so they turn the corner and they see this going on. They're like, "Nope, not <laughs> <laughs> But that being said, one thing I didn't like, I thought they, I thought they made Chewbacca a little more sassy than he was <laughs> in, the, in the trilogy, and now, that kind of bothered me.
1: Well, I mean, he's older too, and
3: yeah, but I mean, he, he never showed like outright disrespect to Han Solo. Well, like he did in this movie, and and I did think about it. I was like, well, he's been with him another thirty years. Maybe he's tired of his bullshit. You know, I don't yeah. know.
1: <laughs> I I did like the uh, the scene when they're back at the rebel base and uh, Chewie's getting his arm taken care of, and the nurse like, "Yes, you're very brave." Oh yeah, <laughs> that was.
2: <laughs> yeah, I really liked Chewie in this one. Yeah, yeah, he
3: definitely showed a little more personality than than I was used to, and I, I mean, I've always liked Chewbacca. I just not used to him having that much. Like I said, sass.
0: Well, no. If you want to talk oh. about oh, complaints, I the only the only issue I took with this entire movie, I think, was um the the tantrums that Kylo Ren had originally when I watched it, that and when he took off the helmet for the first time, it kind of threw me. I was like, okay, this feels a little bit too much like Anakin. But then I thought about it after it was over and I'm like, well, they're playing up to the fact that he is Part of that family and it it totally makes sense with the character. Plus, you know, you don't want to have the same plot device where you have the guy with the helmet on that nobody knows who he is. And sure. Yeah. So and, and when he looks in Han's eyes at the pivotal scene that will are going to spoil it here at some point. Um, I mean, if you had the helmet on, it wouldn't have had the same effect.
2: Now, the last common complaint I've got here is one that I actually think has a lot of uh, merit to it and actually has a reasonable explanation. The fact that the characters of Poe and Finn were a little bit underdeveloped.
1: Well, I agree with that, that there isn't a whole lot of background on them, but the movie I don't think was about them. It was more about Ray than it was about Finn and Poe.
2: I mean, That's true, but one of the reasons I say it's got a reasonable explanation is the fact that uh, the director's cut of this is going to be well over three hours.
1: Oh, shit. Yeah,
2: there was, uh, there was a lot of stuff that was filmed that could not be used. And in fact, J.J. Abrams uh, really wanted to delay the uh, release until May. Uh, partially, he was like, May's perfect anyway. It's the month that all of the original films came out in. Uh, And I need more time to get this right. We've got so much material and you guys want it. In fact, there's a a bit of grumbling that his clashing with studio heads over the cut of the movie is the reason he's not directing episode eight.
0: Mm, Which is unfortunate. But you could also say that, though, that that Finn doesn't really have a lot of backstory. He was taken. He was put into the army and trained and. His life he is worked just starting,
3: and somehow became a stormtrooper.
0: Yeah, right. his 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 life literally is just starting now. Prior yeah. to this, he was just a tool. He was just a cog in the machine.
3: This but is now his origin story. Person,
0: exactly. So yeah. you kind of write that off. Poe is a different story, but he's not a major
2: character to me just yet. Yeah, Poe.
0: Well, kn-
3: just like we didn't need a backstory for Wedge Antilles. You know. Yeah,
2: yeah, but I think that Poe is a bigger deal than Wedge.
3: Poe. We didn't is even a really inter- get much of a backstory for Lando Calrissian. Other than, you know, former smuggler and gambler, just like Han.
2: Well, and there's a difference between backstory and character development. True. Uh, And I would say that there was some character development for Finn. Uh, He did have a bit of an arc in this movie. It's an entirely reasonable complaint for Poe. But I,
0: again, I can write that off because I think... As the films progress, we're going to learn all those things.
2: Sure. And this movie, in a lot of ways, had to give a lot of screen time to Ray, because she's obviously the heroine for the entire trilogy, and Han, for reasons we're about to get into.
0: Yeah. Um, can I ask a, one quick question here before we get <laughs> but, too far down this this uh, spot here? I'm looking for his name. I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, the guy that uh, – Greg Grunberg, who played Snap Wexley. Is he the Wedge Antilles of this series, or is he Porkins, <laughs> <laughs> or is he both?
3: I, I was definitely getting the Porkins vibe from him. Yeah, yeah. well,
0: because he's bigger. And, and I it did honestly—I will say—it it it,
3: it threw me out of the movie for a second because I was like, "I was like, hey, is that the dude from Heroes?"
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I think he's going to make it through all three. I think he's going to be more of a wedge character. But if you ever want to see a Greg Grenberg starring movie, go watch Big Ass Spider. It's fantastic, and he's the lead, and it's—it's it's a great movie big ass spider i'm not
2: joking anyway
0: sorry go ahead you were All about right. to get into a heavy spot
1: yeah
2: yeah are we gonna jump
1: discussion points fl- flip these next two <laughs> um now let's go over spoilers did anybody get a spoiler on this
3: actually i <laughs> if, you, if anybody has been to go because i have a nice segue between the two points so
1: well i, I got the entire
2: movie spoiled for me yeah. Uh, what? oh yeah How? uh the, I was was just as I'd started to get sick. I actually almost didn't make it to the theater because, as you guys know, with listeners probably do not. I'm going through a little bit of stomach trouble. And I was up, and uh, I was just on Facebook, and some ass clown decided to, uh-huh. uh, to put spoilers as a comment on every article that a uh, popular oh. gaming news site... Oh. Posted to Facebook, and one of them showed up in just the not where you click for additional comments. It just showed up underneath the article oh. on Facebook, wow. and it was just like I read so fast yeah. that by the time I've, I'd seen it, I'd read the entire comment.
3: Dick, man. Anybody See, else get spoiled? Gonna- I
2: um, I I've I have
0: learned over the years that that since Facebook has become a thing. How to avoid spoilers for the most part, and every once in a while you get those people that do that dick move where they'll throw something in—a picture, a comment, or something—that you just you're scrolling through and you can't avoid it, or you just see it before you realize what it is. But for this, somehow, other than watching the 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 original trailer, I steered clear of everything about it and went into it pretty much fresh. I mean, I I don't—I knew no. I knew what was going to happen on the next thing that we're going to discuss. As soon as they walked into that room, I knew exactly what was going to happen.
3: I would have, too. I did
0: prior to that. I had no clue.
3: Yeah, so so mine was...
0: uh... Wait, what about Mike?
1: No, I pretty much avoided Reddit (laughs) and Facebook from Monday till Thursday. I wanted to hear nothing. Now, Suzanne, though, uh, the guy who teaches our girls piano... Did the Oh, I heard Han da 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 in this one. And I was just you know, she she had told me that and I'm like, Well, that's a reason to fire him. <laughs> you
0: know? Like, Probable or uh what's it? Right uh
1: justifiable uh discharge right there.
3: Have yep. time to cut off that five year relationship.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I probably seriously would.
3: <laughs> yeah. Why'd so, you
2: fire him? Well, he told
0: me what happened in in Force Awakens. Yep, that's justifiable. Sorry, sir. So,
3: so I had I had successfully managed to watch nothing about this, read nothing about this, knew nothing about it. All I knew was like you know, cast members were coming back, and I'm like, all right, that's excellent. You know, I didn't watch any of the trailers. I didn't do any. I didn't get involved in any of the discussion groups or anything. Fifteen minutes before I'm leaving to go see this movie, <laughs> oh, shit. I'm on Reddit, ah, like a dumbass, and I. It, but I specifically avoid certain you know links and certain whatevers, and this one subreddit that I belong to is is called Too Soon, and it's just oh. full of all kinds of just really horrible inappropriate jokes about current events, and um, without thinking, kind of like Josh, you know, you just click on it, you just scrolling and clicking and scrolling and clicking and reading so fast, and I click on this one thing that says says want to see a dead body. And it's and it specifically says spoiler in there, so it's my own fault, and it says not safe for work and all this kind of stuff. And I click on it, and it's somebody had screen capped the exact moment when Kylo Ren stuck the lightsaber through Han Solo's chest.
2: And it's such a terrible feeling because you know better. Yeah.
3: yeah. As soon as I saw that, I was like, no, I, I, get, I gave the Darth Vader. No,
2: <laughs>
3: what did I do? And I mean, I clicked back as soon as I can, could, but I was like, well, I already saw it. I guess there's no point. And like,
0: can then see it
2: now. Yeah.
3: And as soon as that scene started, I was like, oh, and, and it's just the first thing in my head is like, okay, well, I'm about to watch Han Solo die. Awesome. Well, and I, I, called, would, I, think like Joel said, I would have caught on like pretty as soon as you see everybody watching the whole interaction. I'm like, hey, I, it's like, bro. well, one of them is going to die, and yeah. it's not going to be Han. We've been here before.
0: The tone shifts, the music shifts, everything. You can tell as soon as they walk in, just based on experience, what's going to happen. It's it's
3: such a movie cliche, the way they set that scene up, that you knew it it was coming.
2: Well, and I'd been calling either the death of Han or Chewie, although my money was on Chewie, for weeks. Just having uh, watched all of the uh, previews. Uh, over and over and over again. Uh, it's funny because my evidence for that was wrong. There, there was a cut uh, from one of the previews with uh, Ray crying over what looked like a body. We now know that that was actually Finn, who was only like badly injured, not dead at all. But uh, I was taking that to be either the corpse of Han or Chewie, and I'd been calling that for weeks. And then when I saw the spoiler, I'm like, okay, well now I know who it was. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah.
0: Did anybody else, though, realize... Uh, I didn't catch on, because they were everybody kept talking about, where's, where's Luke? Where's Luke? And initially there was that, you know, Luke is Kylo Ren, and then they quickly squashed that. And everybody kept wondering where he was. And then during the movie, I, I was like, okay, well, I'm, he must not going to be involved until the very end. But uh, I, I don't know where I was going with that. I lost my train of thought.
2: <laughs> <laughs> From the opening crawl, it was very clear that this movie, the whole point, he's the MacGuffin. Yeah. It's yeah. the search for Luke. Right. So the
3: next I didn't want to call it that because you know didn't Star Trek would have claimed they ripped it off. The
2: next
0: one's about whales. Is that it?
3: <laughs> time travel in whales. Right.
2: <laughs> so
3: <laughs> they got to they got to go back in time and, and get Jabba and put him in a. Never mind. I'm, that, I'm, <laughs> mind. I'm
0: not sure Stop where you're going, going with, with that at all. So how did everybody feel about it though? It, whether you saw spoilers or not, when that happened. Oh,
1: I it when he reached out and took the took the lightsaber, and Ray didn't. I'm not. Uh, uh, Kylo Ren did not let go of it immediately, I was like, oh, shit, (laughs) you know, here it comes. And I'm like, I'm mentally getting myself ready for it. You know, it's just like, you know, it's going to happen. How is it going to happen? I don't know. But it's 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 going to end right here.
2: And that's the funny thing is we've seen so many films build up the shocking death that you can see it coming by now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it like, does. this is the build-up to what's supposed to be a shocking death. I've seen this before.
3: I think if they had done what I thought they were going to do, which was it was just going to be a, a major battle scene, and he just would have, like, in the middle of a combat, just strike his own father down, I thought that would have been a little more powerful. Because it would have it, it would have been, you know, because nobody expects major characters to die during the major combats, and for it to actually happen, you know. Yeah, well.
1: I think, though, the... I think the biggest thing was not so much the death itself but the betrayal on Han's face when he did it. Yeah. Because he but, was I mean he was so sure that he was going to get his son back at that point.
3: Well, and, I mean it's, it's like he said earlier in the movie he's like he always talking his way out of everything. Mm-hmm. And so he, I yeah. mean it just it, it was a time when his charisma failed him and it just kind of blew his mind.
0: And he, he failed his dexterity check. No, it is charisma <laughs> check. It, it was more uh, to me it was all about the decision because Snoke had had made the point, you know, can you do this when the time comes and you could tell that he was struggling with that choice but the the look on his face was less to do with whether or not he would it was it was less to do with him not wanting to do it but more with him finding the strength to do it. Cause I think he'd set his mind to it from the get go mm. that he was going to do it one way or the other. But when the time came, he just couldn't quite make it happen. And, and there was that, I think that was uh, to me was a powerful moment versus the, the battle sequence you were expecting.
2: Now a question when he talks about all the pain he's going through that he wants to stop is Kylo Ren referring to his call towards the light side or is he referring to something else?
1: Ah, ah that's true. Hmm. I think they want
0: they want us to believe it's the to the dark side uh, was my impression of it, but I think it's the opposite.
1: Yeah, I think he I think he's trying to rid the last bastions of light. The light. Yeah, he side wants of to
3: him. be evil, but he, he he's fighting with a little bit of good that's left in him. Yeah. rather than the, you know, the other. And because way around. he had even
1: said it in the very beginning when he was talking to uh, Vader's helmet. You know, I can still feel the pull of the light side. Yeah, which honestly makes you think that he didn't get the whole story on what happened to Vader. <laughs>
3: He missed that memo. Yeah. Yeah, He he didn't follow the redemption arc.
1: Yeah. But
2: yeah. And I uh, would guess that his source of conflict is he believes the reason he's hurting is because of the light side. And if he can only wipe out all traces of light side in himself, he'll finally feel at peace
1: yeah sadly i think that's it is that he's like needs to make that last step and cutting you know which you know we don't know a lot about the background of um han and uh kylo but the uh or actually ben because did you notice that he called him ben when he was crossing the uh the span Mm -hmm. um it just seems to me that that there must have been a i'm thinking there was a good relationship between him and han and then some the thing happened you know what? What was it that happened that made him break from, uh, you know, being with, you know, being with uh, on the light side.
3: Well, he was training with Luke. We know that much. Yeah,
1: we know he was training with Luke. But you know what happened? In you know, I'm, I'm curious to find out what it is exactly that happened to make him to make him break.
0: Well, and ultimately, by the third film in the series, is it Kylo that's going to be the the one that's the main focus of the the last struggle for you know one versus the other, or is it Snoke? Or know. is it a combination like it was in Return of the Jedi?
2: I think we're missing way too many pieces of the puzzle to be able to answer that quite yet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's part of the joy of this 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 experience is that we get to relive this, but now we're we're older and we can understand a lot more of it, and
1: we have a backstory.
3: Yeah, and we get two
1: years of internet theories now. Awesome, <laughs> and other so, movies in between.
3: Try, try being try being a George R. R. Martin fan. You get mm. ten years of <laughs> theories.
0: This is true. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? What a great time to to be alive, though, because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, and, and maybe we're at this point, I don't know, but for me, sitting in the theater, watching it next to, you know, sitting next to Juliana, uh, you know, I felt like I was a 10-year-old kid again. Yeah. The whole time. I felt like a little kid, like, watching it for the first time. It was, it was exciting.
3: Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, the whole... When that first you know it pops up and the music starts, you know right after the Lucasfilm art, you know it's just a, a fun feeling. You're like, yeah, yeah here it we does, go. It makes you feel like a kid.
1: Yeah, that's exactly when you when you hear that first uh, that first roll of the music. Here we go. Yeah, you know it's you get that. Uh, excitement to it,
2: yeah. And this is interesting because I typically love movies when I first see them, just in general. And I'm feeling that I'm still going to feel the same way about this one in the weeks and years to come. That it's by no means was it perfect,
1: but oh, it was no. very, very good. It was it was a lot better than it. It was better than it could have been, better better than it could have wound up if it had been in different hands. Better than Jedi. Uh, Oh, different arc, different point well, in the arc, and
0: and here's the 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 thing I'm seeing on a lot of of discussions now is people are placing this just below Empire um, as far as their favorites in the seven films that have now been released.
2: A lot of people are, yeah, yep. uh, and, and uh, some other people. That's the reason I said but, uh, the question, the key question, better than Jedi because I think it's uncontroversial to say it was better than the prequels. Yeah. Uh, And it's very controversial to say it was as good as A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back, which is why I think the key question is, was it better than Return of the Jedi?
0: And how much of this is uh, af- the, you know, the afterglow of, of, you know, your first experience with that new person, sure. you know, you, you, you've had this expectation, you've been building up to it, you get to that point, And once it's over, you've got that moment where you're like, man, that was like the best thing ever. But upon repeated viewings, are you going to feel that same way? Five years down the road, you're going to feel that same way. And I have people that I, that I know that have already gone and seen it two, three, four times, and they're still saying the same thing about it.
1: So I don't know. I, I need to see it more because I think there's a lot of things that I didn't I missed you know a lot of things that I you know because you because in that first viewing you're so overwhelmed by everything that's going on you know you watch it again then you start catching on little little bitty tips and little bitty phrases and things that are going up you know that that are said that are hints to what's going to happen um, I see I see this being. In, in looking at the frame of reference, when I saw A New Hope, I was seven years old, and it just blew me away. This one, honestly, it didn't – if I was seven years old and saw this again, I would have been blown away again. What?
3: You were five.
1: Fine, five. Whatever.
0: <laughs> he was a kid. <laughs>
1: I was a kid. <laughs> uh, so I, I would have been – if I had been the same age, I would have been blown away too. And I'm sorry. I think the lightsaber with the, uh, the guards was totally badass.
3: There were a I'm lot like, of things in this movie that could have gone <clears throat> cheesy like they did in – I, mean, I think that again, you know, the, the, the too clean of a world, and the fact that he went too far over the line into the cheesy territory. If if you try to do things and you do them a little bit, you know, if you, if you just try to tweak something like the same style of something you did before, but you're just tweaking it a little bit, you run the risk of turning it cheesy, which is kind of what happened in the in the first movie. Whereas, like, there's a there it, before he spoke, I was worried what Kylo Ren was going to sound like <laughs> because I was like, there's. There's a lot of room for error in this voice. Is it going to be soon- Bane? Yeah, exactly. You know, and but I I feel like it was a it was a really I mean I liked I liked the character of Kylo Ren. I liked the voice. I liked the look. Uh, I just the thing I didn't like I didn't like the whole lightsaber scene between him and Ray and Finn. Just because honestly, and this is you know part of my I don't know part of my love for Darth Vader. I guess I like to cheer for the bad guys sometimes. But if you're going to be the main villain in a in a world like this, like if you're going to be one of the top bad guys in this universe you need to be a badass you need to be that bad guy and i want to see this bad guy just cutting people down killing people left and right i mean darth vader walks on the scene and the first thing he does is start choking you know force choking people and killing people left and right and and kylo ren i just i mean i felt like finn and ray were both i mean Ray again, not so much because she's going to be explained later. And maybe Finn, too, but I feel like that would be too much. Well, Finn should, Finn should have been cut down pretty damn quickly by Kylo Ren in that He
2: did scene. get pretty thoroughly trounced.
3: He did, but, I mean, he shouldn't have even been able to hold his own. Because, I mean, that would be, just to throw it into a wrestling whatever, that would be like somebody from the audience not scripted by, by WWE going into the ring and, and, and hanging toe-to-toe with The Rock. Well, it's just not going to happen. I mean, you should walk up there and just get pounced, you know, just get thrown into the ground as soon as you walk up.
1: See, here's the thing, though. I don't think Kylo Ren, you can, co- you can equate him to The Rock. I think he's kind of like a, a Sith intern.
3: Yeah, yeah, he is. But in this <laughs> universe, to be that person, you are The Rock to everybody else.
1: But he wasn't. Well, oh,
3: and that's a, the the universe doesn't have to know that
2: you're you're comparing him to Vader, where the film explicitly says that he is not measuring up to Vader and that's his greatest fear yeah. right,
3: but and I still think that he should be able to chop him down quicker and than I, he, think I, I think I think Finn was just protected by plot armor honestly
0: oh, no, I think your rock reference is a little strong. I think it's more like an audience member getting into the ring with hornswoggle, you know. <laughs> I mean, I think that's closer reference at this point. I think Snoke is more the rock, and and yeah, but Kylo Ren was a badass. I agree. I, I that character one until he takes his helmet off, just just has my full attention.
3: Well, I mean, even after he took his helmet off, I was still kind of intrigued. I'm like, you know, I'm like, so this guy's wearing this helmet and has the voice box and everything, but doesn't even need it. Well, but then I was like, well, it's kind of a cool image, so I can see it, because he wants to be a Darth Vader, you know? Yeah. So. yeah.
1: Well, Darth had this. I should have this, because that way I can measure up to him. And that, right. I think, is going to be part of his plot arc, is that he has this, I guess, glorified vision of what Vader actually, what he Vader is in his head versus what Vader actually was. Right. So he's going yeah. to keep trying to reach this ideal of Darth Vader as a Sith Lord. And that's where I think he didn't get the full story. They kept the story from him on what happened actually happened to uh, Vader. And – Okay, go ahead.
3: It makes him a more interesting character being flawed, but I just – I want to see a badass. I want somebody – just out there and and I thought it was going to end up being uh, Captain Phasma but they never did anything with that character yeah they either. threw
1: her in a, in a trash compactor <laughs> yeah which was pretty cool you know what are we going to yeah, do with I her mean,
3: I thought that character was at least going to sometime kick some ass at something and nope never did
1: well I mean maybe she'll come back uh, and two I mean but on, a, on another throwback comment you know it was like what are we going to do with her is there a trash compactor
3: yeah you're just gonna like
1: can I ask a real quick but question I mean, so
3: a... sorry go ahead go ahead Oh,
0: uh, when when any of you saw parts one, two, or three, the prequels, did you ever walk out of any of those films and feel the same way you did about this?
3: No. No. I did before I saw them. I was just as hyped before I saw those as I was for this one. Yeah. If not, maybe a little more. But
0: not afterwards? You were like, "Mm, okay.
3: Yeah, afterwards I was like, okay, well, yeah, that was a Star Wars movie. I mean, I liked it. I liked the, you know, but I didn't love it.
2: You're
3: and talking about like, this one? No, no, no the uh, the, the prequels, the three. Prequels. Oh, okay. The prequels, one, one through three. I liked them, and it wasn't you know. With the, I mean, I liked them less the more I watched them because I mean, it just like like you said, you don't you don't start noticing things until you see things a couple times.
1: Yeah, and you, then you notice that they're actually talking into uh, Gillette razors for communicators, and
0: <laughs> well, and that's kind of the point I'm making. Is is is, is the point of this holding up long term? Is when you saw the original prequels. If you walk out of those three and had the same feeling that you have right now after seeing this 12 hours ago, uh, two days ago, a day ago, what does that say about the movies? And I think
1: that speaks volumes I feel right
3: like th- this was done right. I mean, honestly, this was...
1: Yeah. So you, uh, do we have to do a thumbs up, thumbs down on this one? I, I doubt
2: I, it. I mean, it sounds like we're all pretty overwhelmingly
1: <clears throat> in the thumbs up category. Oh, yeah.
3: We my, complaint, very... my complaints are small. I mean, uh, yeah. it's everything I wanted it to be. So.
1: Yeah, I got what I... You know what? I got what I wanted. There were Jedi. There were Sith. There was a giant-ass weapon that needed destroying. And there was enough callbacks without making it, you know, like you said, slap slapsticky and cheesy.
3: But I want there to be a real badass bad guy. And it's got to be somebody that is going to be doing, like, physical fighting and harm and shit, you know? Because... That lead that lends some some gravitas to your story because I mean if you're beating people that just need to be beaten versus people that you know See, I'm, here, I'm phrasing here, this badly no no,
1: no here here go Here's, you, you here
3: need he, an, for for the story to work you need to defeat a real enemy someone you know I mean <sighs> and Snoke yes is the real enemy and everything but we don't know what he can do yet we haven't seen anything and if his number two guy is going to just end up being like a, a, a wannabe farce, then, then you're basically just, you know, you got one bad guy and that's it. You know, I mean, I just feel like...
1: But look at it this way, Pat. You've got Star Wars A New Hope being made. Lucas does not know he's going to have a sequel. He opted in for a sequel because he thought he could do one, but, they, I mean, he didn't think that the movie was going to do anything, so he went to went to Hawaii, for God's sake. Now, in that frame, if you're going to have a bad guy in this... If this may be a one-shot deal, he better be as bad as you can get him right out out of the gates. Which is like when Darth Vader walked onto the transport ship in the very beginning. I mean, the whole audience was like, "Holy shit, look at that!" Yeah. You know, in this one, he, you know, they know they're going to have multiple movies. They're on for. I mean, I'm sure, pretty sure the second one is, you know, more than halfway done. You know, so they don't they have more of a chance to create an arc in his character. Than they would in the original Star Wars. Sure, and I think that that's a
2: sin that re- that creeps into these franchise films, where uh, getting back to some character development that maybe didn't happen. Some of that might be on the cutting room floor, but some of it is well, we'll pick that up in the next couple movies.
3: Right. Yeah. Where
2: with a new hope. Uh, not only did they not know it was a sequel, but they there was no guarantee while Lucas was coming up with the ideas that the films were going to be made at all. And what's interesting is we're talking about Ralph Macquarie. Him not even knowing if these films could be made or if they're even going to happen is one of the reasons he felt completely free to make his paintings as outlandish as possible. And a lot of those paintings, aside from some ideas he had fundamentally wrong... Like the sets and the costumes. Hell, Darth Vader's helmet was from a Macquarie painting.
1: Yeah. I'm glad they didn't go with the other version of Chewbacca, though. That would have been weird. Yeah, right.
2: Or uh, stormtroopers all running around with lightsabers. That was the other big thing in the Macquarie paintings. It was different. Which Futurama, of course, <clears throat> but I, that's what I'm saying is if that we're in a different world now because Macquarie got to be that open and free and crazy and create this stuff because he didn't even know if the films were going to happen. In this case, not only do they know the film's going to happen, but they know there's going to be two more sequels, and then Disney said a Star Wars film every year until you stop giving us money for them.
1: Yep. So, uh, seeing that we're topping two hours on this now. <laughs> I think uh, we're going to want to, we know the thumbs, I guess, thumbs up all around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pat? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Obviously.
1: Uh, We are going to be walking into Christmas in this next show.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we've done a lot of holiday shows, but uh, somehow this was the big one we missed. We've already tackled, what, Thanksgiving, New Year's,
1: Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Now we're doing the Christmas show. You get to find out what dead animal my family hung in the tree. (laughs)
3: Uh, (laughs) you all about the christmas otter
1: yep Uh, can't wait till the arbor day show man oh yeah (laughs) that's when you get out the jello and the sandpaper um but yeah i don't i don't know where i was going with that at all actually Um, (laughs) so um yeah next week is the christmas show and don't forget our contest please send us an email at 40 go 14 at gmail.com if you're on our facebook page you can get there pretty easily and uh, if you're looking for our older uh, shows, you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and coming soon, Google Podcasts. And if you have an idea for a show or want to get some commentary in there, please give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. May the force be with you. And also with you. <laughs> Amen.
0: Now leaving the world of the Musings of a Geek
1: Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends.
3: Is it, I was going to go pick up some power converters. Wah,
1: <laughs> <sighs> <coughs> All right. Excuse me. <clears throat> P break, drink stuff?
0: P break, drink stuff? Yeah. Not, not together, hopefully.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to drink my pee because I'm a moisture farmer
1: what (laughs) that
0: don't make a lick of sense sure it does I, I make my own moisture and then I drink it stop